Hi, I'm Mark Laming, and you're listening to 11 O'Clock Comics. <laughs> I think you practice that at home. I try. Give it give an echo chamber to your attic internet. Oh boy. Yeah. Nice. Clean it out almost back in the sweet. Triple H tonight. That DVD this comes out next week. Good. Good. Why? You don't like Triple H? I used to like Triple H. Why? You think he's too too corporate now? Too business like? I mean, I, I just put on stuff. Yeah, I don't mind the corporate thing. I mind that it's become the, the as, as David warned me. The DVD case. And I was like, ah, now he's just getting the 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 McMahon show. Well, you know what? I would rather watch the McMahon show than the big old weepy I can't lift my leg big show cry about every week. Yeah. That's annoying, man. Who was that? Who's that? The big show. Uh, he used to be the giant at WCW. Yeah. Now he's the crybaby. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I don't know what you're talking about. I'm so big. <laughs> I feel so disconnected. I even tried to watch Adventure Time. Tonight, I'm just like I have to. I have to get back to having something in common with my guys. Yes, and this is and we've been re- you a lot of, half the stuff you talked about last week. We're all grooving up. So. I want to hear the former. What's the former? What? Uh, did you like Adventure Time? Or yeah, it's interesting. I think part of it's that, and I, which doesn't explain David, but I don't have kids, and so <laughs> I I find I. It, it's it's entertaining, but it's not like appointment. It's, I don't have anyone to watch it with except like the dogs. It's not must see TV for. for it's not must see TV. Yeah. It's not appointment television for me. Hmm. Um, I I do and what I, I think its strength is that it's something that you can watch with your kids, and it's going to work on a lot of different levels, and it gets kind of deep sometimes. So for sure, it's. I mean, in a way, it's like watching Looney Tunes when we were kids. You know, and then as you, you know, as you get a little older, yeah. you realize like how many inside jokes meant for adults were in those cartoons, but you exactly. never realized them when you were watching them as a kid. It was just yeah. a, a silly bunny and a silly duck and a silly pig. Um, it's that way with Adventure Time. I mean, my kids, uh, and, and regular show too. I mean, they, they love those cartoons with a passion and, mm-hmm. and it's great to watch them with them. But there are so many things about both of those shows that clearly they mean nothing to them. And, mm-hmm. and yet I think it's what draws me in, you know. I would argue. N- NPR actually ran a good story on Adventure Time. Uh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It's uh, it's been it's been a couple months back, and uh, this guy was you know you talk it's that it's it's like it's a freaking existential show you know it's it starts you know going into a lot of a lot of uh, stuff and yeah it was it was pretty cool. It's like okay, I better give this a try. So. I think it's the darkest cartoon ever, at least at least in prime time. The darkest. It's the oh. darkest. Some of those um, yeah, situations are heavy, really yeah. yeah. Well, I mean. Yeah, I mean, you're right, it can be. I guess when I'm thinking of, like, uh, David, what was that show that we were loving that was by, uh, uh, Common? You know, the, the one, um, where, like, the dude was displaced, he was the bodyguard of the princess, and they got, we, we watched it last, it was last year or the year before, and then it only lasted the one season. Oh, shit. You know what I'm talking about, though, right? The one we were, you, you turned me on to it, and then we, it got cancelled after the one season. It was a cartoon? Yeah, yeah, they, they, they came from another, uh, another, like, 
a warring planet and they got exiled here and they had the the the, the robot that that had the hologram and it was disguised as the uh kind of the chubby nerdy looking kid and the three of them were in high school together um wow i have absolutely no idea what you're talking about <laughs> no we uh, what no. seriously maybe i didn't watch it because no. i am vince b mm. oh yes you are Sorry, uh, uh, not that you're Vince B. Sorry, I wasn't paying attention because I'm Christopher Neesman. No one can apologize enough for me being Vince B. I'm sorry. <laughs> really? Yeah, go ahead. I'm David Price. Yay. And I am Fabio, otherwise known as Gold Balls. <laughs> you're not Fab. <laughs> totally surprised me with that. I got blindsided. You are not Fabio. You're Jason Wood, everybody. And you do not have to have long flowing locks of gold to get cheap prices on comic books. All you have to do is fire up your internet browsing device and go to www, because that's why they all start with dcbservice.com and you can get 35 to 75% off your favorite funny books and collectibles such as Christina might give you an extra 2 or 3% off if you look like Fabio mm-hmm. you never know and if you have you uh, I can't believe it's not butter because didn't, didn't he pimp that yes, for a long yeah. time yeah one with a goose to the face I think I can't believe it's not butter um, Action Lab the Princeless Encore Edition number one is 45% off this month from Rick Remender, it's Black Science. And Jason, who's doing the art on that? Mateo Scalera. There you go. And Dean White on color. What? Uh, it's from Image Comics. It's number one. It's 50% off this month. And you'll hear more about these guys a little bit later. The Valiant Bundle. All of the non-trade uh, publications from Valiant for the month grouped all up into one little bundle. They don't actually bundle them, but you get all of the stuff. 50% off. Where else are you going to get that kind of a discount? Nowhere. They do not mind late orders or late order editions. You get your previews damn cheap. It's a buck twelve. And if you're a first-time customer, you can enter the code that David Price will tell you into the pre-moistened slot, effortlessly getting an extra 8% off your already massively discounted order. David, what's that code? That code is EOC8. EOC8, three letters and a number, gets you an extra 8% off. There's nowhere else to go. DCBService.com. Run, my children. Don't walk, run. Right. And before we get into it, we got to say... Not that this makes up for any kind of losses we, the forum, or the family have incurred, but this episode is uh, dedicated to our buddy, Mike Dimiaga, a.k.a. Yes. the other Mike, who passed mm-hmm. away recently. Yeah, no doubt, no doubt. Absolute yes. shame. Yep. Absolute shame. Great way guy. Too, way too young. Way too young. Beloved by all. That's rare. Um, and unfortunately, he was taken taken way too soon but uh we loved him uh if you knew him you probably did too and uh this one this one is going out to him in appreciation for everything he did he did for us um uh along those same lines i want to um send out some uh some best wishes and some get wells to to some folks um first of all um everyone in colorado oh my god uh i hope 
uh, listeners out there are safe and and that uh, uh, this devastation from from these floods um, is is short lived. So everyone in uh, in Colorado, best wishes. Same thing in Washington D.C. Mm-hmm. And then in uh, uh, some more personal notes, um, our buddies uh, Bruce Rosenberger and Pat Woika have both spent a little time in the hospital this past week. So uh, um, best wishes to you lads and uh and uh get well soons nice. Robert. you so, betcha so um and and so i guess we'll um um we'll tip a glass um for those guys um uh mr b what um carbonated fruity beverage are you drinking this week i lift my glass of the peppy mac to yeah. to our our uh friends okay and the bubbles uh, tickle my nozzle <laughs> um uh jason how about you uh, I'm repeating what I was drinking last week, which is uh, Close de los Siete, the uh, Argentinian nice. table wine. Uh, I'm hooking that up again. Pretty good, eh? Yeah, real good. Real good. Nice. Wow. Chris is to... Canadian. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> hey, right. Curling registra- league registration's open today. Ah, there you I go. way too much time That's... doing curling shit today. Um, it's Marta and I are, are actually chairing two different leagues and and i'm doing the newsletter so yeah it's like half my day was work half my day was like dealing with curling registrations oh wow it's the early warning system yeah that's his iphone kicking on yeah yeah okay is it my iphone hey yeah major storms here um and uh david what are you drinking i am drinking uh, Simone International Selection Merlot from Chile. All right. It is and I am having one of my favorites, a, uh, a little something, something ale from Lagunitas. Um, you guys get started. I'm going to check my phone and see what flash flood is getting ready to, uh, to take us away. I'll be right back. It's <laughs> <laughs> crazy. This is nuts. Uh, so any thank yous from you, uh, bastards? Um, you know, um, I, I think I forgot to give a thank you, um, a couple weeks ago just because I think it was the week I had received the, the, the gift was a week I couldn't make the show that week I, I last second couldn't be on. Um, and that is, um, I already talked and gushed about the, uh, Adventure Time Encyclopedia that came yeah. out. Mm-hmm. But, um, our buddy Chris Marshall of the Collected Comics Library, um, was kind enough to send me another copy. I, I assume he, he sent it nice. to me thinking I would want it without, you know, before, and then he probably heard me talking about it that same week and was like, oh. But, but nevertheless, he sent me a copy and it was obviously very thoughtful of him. So, I mean, I have two copies. I will likely, uh, I probably re-gift it. Yeah, probably re-gift it if, uh, I'm sure he won't mind. Give but, it to the uh, boys. Well, I think you read mine, but um, but either way, it was very nice of him to think of me. So props to Chris. If I didn't thank him already, which I don't think I did, now I am. You're awesome. They can possess this copy, though. Possession's awesome. It's nine tenths of the law. I know. I know. I, I presume you have some thank yous. No, I just wanted to. Oh, I'm the facilitator. Uh, I make things happen. Huh. Yeah, well, just greasing the wheel for you. Mm, the greasy or, pig or or David. <laughs> hey, so let's get into infinity number three. <clears throat> that is funny. <laughs> You're hilarious, my friend. <laughs> I, I just finished it before we started, and I knew you uh, guys didn't read it, so I'm not going to say anything. I uh, except the, best the issue one, yet. One thing that came out today that I read was uh, Uncanny X Men. Um, yes, I did not get to read even 
Superior Spider-Man yet, so I, I didn't am, read that either. Yeah, there aren't. Uh, what does that say about uh, Battle for the Atom? When, is it Battle of the Atom? Why do I say for? They're not no, battling for like, it. They're battling. They are Atom. Uh, no, uh, I read the Battle of the Atom first before I read anything today. That says something. That's big. That says something, right? And it was it was a very rewarding experience. I think for me, it, it's because it's um, it's it's the fourth part of, of of something going on, but it wasn't because of where I was when I read it. I, I, I read it during lunch. I was able to kind of just it kept me occupied more or less. Whereas I know with Superior and what and, and what they're doing in that book, that's something that I can't really breeze through. So I, I didn't want to give it the short shrift and that's not the slight uncanny it's just it's night and day they're, they're they give me this different satisfaction so it, it just it worked out better that way and I was able to read that one and I, I wanted to just because it would have been easier to, to digest in the time that I had it so right it's... right um, so Jason you read it too right yeah dude I've read it probably uh an hour ago. Nice. Uh, so it's yeah. fresh. Um, again, I don't know. Maybe it's just the the uh, the novelty, but I think from the cover right on in, this is the best chapter yet. As I think probably they didn't hear because we were speaking either before we recorded or before the music stopped. Uh, you know, uh, at this point in a long, long history of reading X books. Uh, <gasps> oh boy, Jason. I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. Sorry. Yeah. Um, I was just, I was repositioning and I hit the mute. Um, in my, in my 30, almost 30 years of reading pretty much every X book, I have to say that, that Mr. Bacalo, 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 however you say his name. Bacello. It seems like every time we say his name, 17 experts swear to us it's pronounced totally different than would each other say it is. I'm going to go with Scotty though. Oh, what does Scotty say? Bacello. Okay. So Chris Bacello is, is 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 has become one of my all-time favorite X-Men artists. Yep. Uh it's I, I it's it's hard for 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 someone to um stand out more than he does and even I think in a way he has unfairly um hurt his collaborator on this series um you know because I think that uh his 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 issues are so gorgeous that mm-hmm. um, I almost like feel bad when um, um, what's his name? Uh, I can't think of his name right now. Uh, Fraser Irving. Fraser Irving. Yeah. Um, I, I love Fraser Irving too, and I think his stuff looks great. Um, and I'm a big fan of his. But damn, if there's not something special about the yeah. the, uh, the 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 uh, You know, oh, it was the same issues. way during the Brain Trust on the Spider books. When they had rotating I artists, I didn't read it. I didn't oh, well, they had like Bacello would take three. David was it? Yeah, and then it would go oh, to well, some. Depend, but how, how long the arc? Right, three or yeah. four. You know that that hammerhead. The hammerhead was two issues, and the thing about the and uh, he had the lizard, and that went on for a few. Yeah, so. and what what about with uh, Wolverine and the the Inca or the Mayan god thing that was tromping oh, around? The, and yeah, in the snow that I think was another two issues. Right, but what I'm saying was they'd give a couple issues a batch. As it were, to right. Bocello. And then. He's had the uh, Craven's Daughters issue. So yeah, but you're yeah, right. Yeah, and then somebody else would come on, you'd be like, uh Not, not that the, the person that followed them was, was bad, or, or lacking in ability, but you're following Bocello. Like, what do you do? 
I think it really depends on the subject matter because Fraser's arc where, where they were in limbo, that, that fit. That Very true. Very mm-hmm. gorgeous. Whereas I don't know, it wouldn't, it wouldn't look the same, obviously, but I don't think Fraser is the perfect fit for the whole group with three different groups all coming together and, and taking care of business out on the, out in the open on this island and things like that. So, um, I think they've timed it pretty well as far as who does what and when. The, um, carrying back to, to, to the Infinity Number One talk we had a couple of weeks ago, I, I think as far as this particular issue of Uncanny goes, um, I guess Chris was banging out the pages and, and in order to make sure they hit a deadline, you, you had like five anchors on it, but I think out of everybody who worked on it, um, I'm not sure. I really enjoy the pairing of Alve over Chris's pencils. It, hmm. I, it, they looked great on like, you know, the Perez on the Avengers back in the day, but when you look at, at Townsend and Mendoza and, and Olazaba, who looks great on Ramos, and you get to Alve, who I'm guessing did the last couple of pages, it wasn't as sharp as the rest of them. Would you say that Townsend's the first choice? Oh yes, absolutely. Yeah. yeah, going way back. I mean, going back to Generation X and everything else. Yeah, oh, absolutely. I really loved the massive amount of double page spreads in this one. Yeah, I thought that, for another, it's yeah. not like you know two pages and then and and this is another thing that I know people want to, um, you know, oh three ninety nine for a digital comic that's a lot of money. It just came out, but you are also not having the story break up over with ads and and i mean it you just that's something else if you want to say that that's what you're paying for by by you know that instant gratification you want to pay more for it now but you're still you're able to just read the whole story and that's it but the double page spreads they you had like i think three maybe in a row mm-hmm. and, and then tons of double page spreads i think this for, issue was two pages short too uh, I don't think it was 22. I'm thinking it was more along the lines of uh, 20 around there. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Either way. But I didn't notice it because it the, exactly. because it's loaded. It's loaded. And um, the best. You know, you're right. It's uh, 17. It's. Uh, 18. Dude, it's. Uh, no, it's. it's uh, wow. It's 16 pages. Wow. Okay. Well, it didn't feel. And that's including. That is including the. Uh, Wow, that's. Uh, oh wait, no, no, no. Sorry, it. Uh, com- I'm reading it on comic. Comicsology does it differently. They count the double 22. pages. Twenty-two. They were twenty-two. Yeah, yeah. 22. They count the double pages as one. As two oh, they. So. Oh, okay. Well, that's maybe that's what my. Yeah. yeah okay. So All right. But um, damn. What's oh the the uh, MVP of this issue is Maria Hill, the best line of dialogue in the whole thing, I think, when she was bitching about Hank. Yes, I hate him. Yeah, yeah that yeah, damn Wolverine. Exactly. Every everybody think it. everybody thinks he does what he wants to do. It's not Wolverine that's the problem. It's Hank. Hank's the one who does. I hate that guy. And, it's, and I'm not anti mutant. I don't have an anti. I don't have a mutant phobia. I just hate him like, <laughs> as, as a living being. I can't. And it and 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 Coulson is there to you know finish finish your thoughts. But it was. I love how Henry Peter Gyrick has been renamed Coulson now. Yeah. <laughs> well, hey, you got to follow the money. Why not? Mm-hmm. You know, it's okay. No, there's some really funny stuff in this. Uh, there was in, in the, um, but there's also some like challenging stuff. It was an issue or two before this. 
um, when uh, they were all having an argument and um, one of the, I forget which which character, but, but lashed back at uh, Cyclops and said, "Well, you're the Sirhan Sirhan of mutants." Right. And that is an esoteric reference for anyone that's not at least forty years old. Right. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I I can't think that uh, anyone would have known what the hell they were talking about there. That was Bendis, like. Uh, Forgetting, or I guess, at least, or acknowledging that that young people don't read comics anymore. I guess. Yeah, but I mean, no surprise. Or just to show you how smart the right the characters are supposed to be in the book. Sure, yeah. it's no surprise that Bendis latched on to Maria Hill. Okay, that's that's obvious. But yeah. I think what did surprise me was Emma. Emma has some some real zingers in this one, mm. and, and I, I think he nailed he, that hate that she has for Jean, that, that overpowering. Well, she she's jealous of her, and she also can't freaking stand her. Right, and and that fuels pretty much everything she's about, especially because the dude she has the hots for wants nothing more than Gene. You know, all, all right. forever and ever. That's all he's ever wanted. But oh, the, and the great line where, um, you know, old older Scott, present day Scott is going to help them and and she's just like well this is you're getting exactly you're, you're getting just what you want you 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 get you know you get the you only thing you love more than <laughs> is yourself it's and, true. and now you get both and and i and it it really was it was a it was a very powerful issue especially after last issue with um in in the adjectiveless x-men where it was basically just gene and scott and and their um Natural born killers moment where they're just, you know, trying to get away from everybody and, 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 you know, stealing clothes. And it was, it, it was one of the, which was hot. It was when, the, well, yeah, we, it yeah. Was, just when she sees Scott without a shirt on. Um, yeah, you could tell she was steaming. She's like, mm, wait a minute. We got stuff to do. Um, but she, uh, so, so that was like the calm before the storm. That was the quiet moment where, and, and then we have everybody showing up on the island and I'm guessing we'll have a nice big, Knockdown Dragon, which makes sense that it'll be in um, Wolverine and the X Men, but the uh, right. as it, it, I don't know, I don't know why, I don't know what it is, but it was, it was, it didn't, as Dylan Vince this earlier, it didn't slam the brakes on for me. I didn't throw the iPad down in disgust, but the only thing that kind of really um, soured me just a bit was um, was how um, I. I <sighs> Snippy, I don't know, just, just the last remarks Emma had towards Jean when, when, when the issue was closing and, and, you know, talking about how it's the white queen versus the black queen and then like basically, oh, the message boards would love this and, and just little things, like, if, if you're really about to do this, I don't know if, if all that lip would have been necessary. But other than that, everything leading up to that yeah. part of the issue, I was really grooving to. I it, think it, that's Bendis acknowledging his audience. Yeah, that's what I took it as too. Yeah, which is fine. Which is fine. It just, it, it to me, it just, it, it ranks a little out of character based on where everything else was. I mean, she's all, she's all serious, putting Scott in his place and everything else. Right. And, but and, if a flippant mark like that, right before the uh, the poop hits the oscillator, would if if I was about to fight someone who I knew was incredibly powerful, I would make it seem like they were pretty much insignificant to me. By sure. j- by joking, and and that's the other thing. I mean, maybe if it was if if I got the fight after I turned the page, maybe if that wasn't one of the last things of the issue right. until next week. But we best yeah. get the fight. Yeah. Oh, but, yeah. But you know what? Now, it, in the very setup of this thing, and and we time travel stories always hurt my head. 
Okay, so I may not be latching on to a very important concept in this thing, or I may be misreading it, but, okay, Hank pulls the kids into the, the present mm-hmm. in order to t- hopefully make Scott realize that he's being a major douche. Uh, he's, he's, he's going against everything he once stood for, and he wants to snap him out of, snap him out of it by showing him what he once was. Okay, now we get these, these ex, characters from the future coming back to say these kids can't stay here or if they do it's not going to be pleasant something very very bad is going to happen now here's here's where the the problem comes in being that one of those characters and i won't spoil it but one of the characters that comes from the future is one of the characters they want to send back the very fact that this character is in the present alive in the future and comes back doesn't that mean that it all worked out i mean if if she was if she was if she made it to the well damn it if they made it to the future intact to come back to the present see that's the thing though is it intact because what does she what does this character need to basically get through the day but she's still alive is what i'm saying so no we'll see but i take it to be that they're willing at this point to for I mean, it's just like, I mean. Last ditch. You don't know what yeah. else is going on in the future. They, they could just be wanting to, it, it may be a utopia, but obviously something is amiss. They're coming back to right the ship. Right. And I mean, maybe, maybe what they did right before they got here is they realized something was up. Like when, 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 when Worf shows up at the other enterprise and, and he knows something's wrong. Not everybody else does. And, and it's just, so we don't know what was going on in the future before they got here. Right. But it's not bit, it's not big bada boom to the point where the planet's destroyed. I mean there is a no, future. That's your point though, I think what they're I mean what you have to assume is that they're the future X Men are willing to forego their own existence. Right. At least their current form to change the future. I mean so right. to you know, so so there, I think there there's a recognition at this point on their parts that they're you know as they are currently situated, will cease to exist. Right. You know, by if they're if they're successful in coming back in time to get people to go back. Yeah. But it's interesting because you know the X Men and time travel and future ne- or future realities and being motivated by changing this. You know, that's a long, that's a long held part of the lore. You sure. know, um, you know, Days of Future Past and, and like, and then Age of Apocalypse and that sort of thing. But this is weird because, like you said, this is sort of like. This is a a wrinkle on a wrinkle, right? Because right. now we have that's why it's so smart. Yeah, we have the past in the present, and then we have the future in the present all at once, and mm-hmm. that's that is head trippy. Yeah. But to to their credit so far, um, I don't feel confused. No. I don't really feel like I'm being swallowed up by the paradigms of everything. So, yeah. Um, and I will say, as I told you guys before we started recording, uh, I personally think. That Uncanny X Men is the best of the Marvel Now X Men books. I, I I love every page of it every month. I think it's great. Mm. I I love it as well, but I would give I would give the nod to Jason Aaron and Wolverine and the X Men. I think that's a better book. Well, oh, we'll see. Okay, that's I mean, not technically a Marvel Now. Yeah. Oh, it's not. Well, well because no, it started earlier. Right. Oh, that's okay. So yeah, then. Okay, I'll give it to Uncanny. Then You're right. I just and I'm enjoying the majority of them. Well, I'm enjoying all the X Men books. Um, I'm not really, frankly, in spite of being an enormous Wolverine fan, I'm not particularly grooving on any of the uh, standalone Wolverine books right. right now. And and as much again as I'm a huge X Force fan, I don't 
know that I'm in love with either of the X Force books. Yeah, it's, same it's here. very it's very close for me between Uncanny and All New. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think Brian Woods it, it, we've only had uh, five issues, so it's it's but it's real good. X Men, yeah, I mean, yeah. those first three are stellar, but um, it's uh, yeah, I it's like I really like Uncanny when I read it, and I put it down. And then I'm kind of looking forward to all new X-Men. So it really is, it, it, they're scratching different itches, but they work together since the original five are kind of split. And, yeah. And right. so it works out, but, um, the, the, the strange thing for me on the X-Men, the Brian Wood X-Men book right now is just that the characterizations that he's got them and the way they interact with each other is vastly different than what we're getting in the other X-Men books. Yeah. Storm's a bitch. And, right. and they're, they're not writing her that way in the other and books. And Rachel Hate is, 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 Pushing Storm's buttons and challenging right. morality, and that's not happening in other books. Right? Yeah. And, and and again, I mean, it's to each his own, and I understand this is a different dynamic, but but it just reading them all each you know each week together, it it seems more like this is almost like Astonishing was, where it was kind of its own little standalone book that right. wasn't even necessarily part of the same universe. But they are women, so their 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 emotions can flippity flop on the on a dime. But uh, I'm calling for a moratorium on Hank mutations after this is over. How how many times are we going to kick Hank in the balls? You know, well, I mean, the cool it, thing is, you know, that he they made reference during one of the issues. I don't I don't know which were where the young Hank is studying his 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 physiological history because he's like I must have done something to myself to cause to cause me to continue right. to mutate like this. It's almost like a uh, Jason Aaron Thor God of Thunder thing where you have three versions of each character in in one. But the future one's all jacked up. He's got a horn yeah. on one side. Yeah, yeah one horn. Like, yeah. Yeah, he's, he's all, yeah. Did Chris come back yet? Where is yeah, he? Yeah, I'm here. Oh, there he is. Oh, okay. yeah, oh you're waiting yeah. for you to come back. Well, right. you, no, I was listening. Le- leaky roof and flash flood warnings and oh, all sorts of... I thought you guys got the roof fixed last year. No. No, no. But That's... David mentioned something which would be an excellent segue... Because mm-hmm. David said, "Wharf on the Enterprise." Okay, wait, 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 wait. Okay, no, we're not because we well, we will be in one second. I just know I, I I left I left my notepad downstairs. Go so get it, David. I'm, I'll be right back. Notepad. Wow, that I did. I, did yes. I don't know why he's running. He's not using the Fitbit anymore. I tried. Are you guys Are you guys excited um, about Agents of Shield? Sure. Yeah. I mean, excited or will I watch it? It, right. I'll, I'll watch it. It's, I have to I say, maybe I'm just getting older, but like we, my wife and I usually go through the like the Entertainment Weekly, you know, TV preview issue, you know, and figure out like what we're gonna try out and stuff. And there's very few new shows this year that I have any interest in even trying. Hmm. I mean, Shield's definitely one of them. But, but now uh, I tried to keep away from any kind of information on these things. So how would you know what to try then if you don't like know the preview? I, the I, I don't watch TV. But I right. know, I know, I know that there's going to be an Agents of Shield show, okay? Uh, but on Tuesday, I, on it's gonna Tuesday, be, yeah, it's going to be Agent Collison and Shield agents, right? But and, and is it going? People. It is going to be superhero. Um, there's, yeah, it appears that there are some people. Yeah, you'll probably see some. They're, they're, mm-hmm. What they're they're recruiting superheroes to be Shield agents. It looks so. Like. We're not going to see we're, Thor on this, right? Show. Yeah, you're not going to see. I mean, maybe maybe well, it's not a fly away. But yeah, you're not gonna, yeah, if it's a big hit. Sweep weeks, sure. Exactly. If it's a big hit, I wouldn't be surprised if you see some kind of, you know, Mark right? Ruffalo. No Iron Man, no Cap. Well, again, not as a rule. Iron Man. You just won't see Tony Stark. Right. Not as a anybody could be wearing a suit. Uh, but you could see cameos. And again, to yeah. David's point, I mean, if the show is the is the success they hope it's for, then I'm sure you'll see 
you know, heroes oh. that we're familiar with as either cameos or, or I think I mean, you won't see Spidey. Well. You won't see the X-Men. <laughs> I mean, that's for sure. But oh, that, shit. Can you imagine if they have Spider-Man on one? That would be awesome. Well, can't. well I know, can't. but still, that would be great. Um, speaking of uh, uh, the superhero TV shows, um, the guy who plays Arrow, who I never can remember his damn name. Steven uh, Yes. Uh, he was posting on Facebook this week that season two of Arrow is going to have a ton of DC characters making appearances. Yeah, Deathstroke, right? Well, that is, was is, He was in the oh, first season. Oh, he's really? Slade was, he's, yeah. He's a oh, really But yeah. not, in, not in the costume? Well, no. Uh, no, the costume is... a mask, yeah. And, yeah. and the mask is split. Now, it, you, you... You have to watch it. Right, yeah, and if you know the comics, then yes, you know exactly who he's supposed to be. And and Deadshot is is one of the main baddies. Um, but the uh, and the 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 first season just dropped uh, yesterday on um, on on disc. It dropped. Yeah, like it was hot. Shelves, yeah. <laughs> All right, you got, you got you got your Huntress, and they were they were working towards a a canary, but I don't know. You know, I had some. Some guesses on that, but didn't mm-hmm. didn't happen. Uh, uh, Merwin was the bad guy. Uh, is Mia which, in it? From no. from the uh, no, there is a it, oh, it, um, it's, um, there Roy, is a there Roy is Harp. a Speedy. Yeah, there is a Roy and and a Speedy. But the, the right and the Speedy is is a nickname of Ollie's sister, so it's not like oh okay she's sporting a suit or anything yet. But right. um, no, it, it's it's yeah no I. I Chris and I have gushed about it. It's maybe awesome. really enjoy it. Hmm. Yeah. So. All right. You'll love that. You know what else is awesome? What? Star Trek, Star Trek Into Darkness. Okay, wait now. All right, so first, are we going to... How many hearts are we going to break by all agreeing that we really, really enjoyed this movie? Well, apparently, I, I, more than I would have expected. There are plenty of people that are probably going to be like, oh, hell no, but screw, but I love them all, but I, there are other ones. I stayed away from a lot of the... I stay away from most trailers and reviews of movies. I find that, that I enjoy them more whenever I go in with a, with a less biased opinion. There you go. But you couldn't, you couldn't stay away from a lot of the, the vitriol. I'm not talking about just like bad reviews, but vitriol online Angry. over, I mean, it was amazing. Worst Star Trek movie ever. And I'm Ooh. sorry, if you yeah. say that, if you say that, you have no idea how low a fucking bar that is to crawl yeah, on. Exactly yeah. right. Yeah. yeah. They could be sitting around a campfire with jetpacks. Seriously. It's <laughs> the worst movie ever. So you never saw First Contact. You never wow. saw Generations. You never saw, yeah. uh, Undiscovered. No, um, Final Frontier. It's like, for real? Really? Well, well I'm not going to put one of our buddies on blast by naming them, but one of our good buddies DM'd me on Twitter when he heard last week that we were going to talk about this movie. And his quote was, do you know how much I fucking hate that movie? Wow. It's not oh, you, a that uses foul language very yes. often. Yeah. And I was like, whoa. That's crazy. crazy. Well, I, I may have a little bit of something to temper. The, I mean, I, I, was, was it the greatest movie ever? No. Was it as good as the first J.J. Abrams Star Trek? Yes. I, I thought it, it was, was better. better. I liked it more. Yeah, I thought it was I, better. I did too. You know, I mean, I've also seen the first I, I, one so many times. Yeah, I think you can make a case either way. I think it was, I think it was pretty close to being on par with it. Now, were there a couple moments where, and this is how I described it to you guys, I think it's like it almost went off the rails. It was like, it was like, <laughs> 
up on one side of the tracks getting ready to spill over and go into the gorge and it just held on and then came back but yeah, yeah there, there was a moment where i was like yeah this thing's getting ready to go off the rails and it didn't it, it they 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 held it on and i number one i was thoroughly entertained yeah yeah but you know it's, what all right I, I enjoyed it I, I thought, I mean, it was a hell of a way to kill two plus hours. It, it's a, it's a well-made film. It's, it's exciting in all the right spots. It looks great. Everyone does their jobs very well. The actors are all on point, but it's not a great movie it be, because it's, it's nothing more than a remix of a classic track. There, no, it is. There's nothing well, new in this movie. They, they they take old ideas that were that were created by Roddenberry and company. They in I'll I'll use the remix remix analogy. They're they're taking beats somebody else laid down classic beats. I'll but, give it but, that. And they're shuffling them around in smart. Isn't isn't, isn't that the brilliance of what J.J. Abrams did? Is that he was able to say, hey, you know, we're going to we're going to jump onto a different timeline, and so. We can go back and we can put a spin on old stories. We can give them new life. That's we can I mean. say this timeline is slightly different, so things will be different. Uh. But, but these, these characters, these, you know, forces of nature, like, can, can we, are we, what spoil? We're spoiling. We're spoiling. Yeah, by, yeah, by well, now, yeah. Spoiler there, alerts for those that don't want to be spoiled. Fast forward, let's say 10 minutes. Dude, the, di- the disc itself spoils it. The back of the disc. Yeah, depending on where you buy it, I guess, yeah. Oh, yes. It's the kind of character, the kind of entity in that universe that he's going, he's going to be there. And I thought it was a nice new take on, on Khan as kind of this, you know, terrorist character. And I thought Cumberbatch was awesome. As him, it would be. Yeah, I agree. I agree. And, and I, I think like that, that reverence that the producers of the movies have for the originals is awesome and it's warranted to a certain extent but it's got to stop you know what i mean because you've you've set this Why? these because you've set these films in an alternate timeline right so not only they're kind of hamstringing themselves in a way because now they're not only beholden to you the know, to the source material that yeah, that but, wait, but, wait, but wait, after, wait 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 a minute after, wait a minute one second after, but after Khan, what else are you going going to? That's the thing. Why not? I mean, they. Well, no, I'm asking. What else after Khan are you? What storyline? They can do well, anything. They could. Not. They could do City on the Edge of Forever. They can do Mud's Women. They can do more with Tribbles. Okay, what so I'm saying sorry. is, that, so so they're beholden to that original source material, right? That's one layer. Now they're taking specific but, plot points from old movies uh-huh. and switching them around because it's a different timeline they even have a representative from the original timeline to tell them what to do they have original spock there what do we do we're in we have a problem we have a problem with this con guy you fought him what what did you do dude that that's not interesting time out wait wait, wait time out kind of cool wait just time out a second dude you just got done praising the shit out of a comic book where future versions no, I'm of saying. the same characters are coming back to tell them how to change Ex- things. Exactly, right. But Boy, so, but they have it. that's cool overall, but they have a there's a there's he's like on set. Spock is there on the set showing them what to do. And okay, well, if you had that ability, yeah, I guess I would but take that's advantage the of it. premise of all new X-Men. But but the movie it just plays on what you've seen before. 
Well, why, I, why I was Khan such a surprise a, in this movie? Okay, a, the Wrath I think of Khan came out in the eighties. How many people that exactly. are? But new that's besides it. It exists. It's there. It exists. So what? But how many people? Okay, have, have your kids been sat down to watch the the original series from from the sixties? Not all the Mia watches it. Okay, yeah. but it's I bet ninety percent of the people that went to see Star Trek Into Darkness have never seen Wrath of Khan. But that's not the yeah, point. Right. That stuff is it exists. It's out there. It's that's been done. Nice. It's in stone. Yeah. Well, and, but and but see, comic book stories have existed. It, it's not. Yeah, it, yeah. There's, there's, All right, there's, okay. There's, so if that stuff doesn't matter, right? Why was the fact that Khan out there? If, so if that stuff are, doesn't so, matter, so you're expected to know all sixty. Why years was the of, fact of that Khan is the villain in this movie so friggin' significant? Because it's the second movie in the series. The Wrath of Khan was the second movie in the original series. There was there it's, was there was a lot. Of fan service in this movie. Oh this, yeah, I'm not gonna lie. There were there, there were nice little things for the people who saw the original Wrath of Khan, who right. saw that movie, and that's fine. But it still, I think it still works. But it still itself. plays on it, it's not, what has happened before. Here's my here's Spock, my thing on, on the on the on the the Nimoy thing. Hey, I think it was. I think it's always cool to see Leonard Nimoy <laughs> as Spock. I don't care. Oh, as it long is. Yeah. As alive, I want to see him in Star mm-hmm. Trek movies, and I think they've done a brilliant job of of explaining why he can exist there, and I think that's amazing. Number two, I think that for young Spock to talk to go at to the length of going to old Spock and saying, "Hey, we have a situation here." How bad is it? And for and, Spock, to, and for Spock, for old Spock to say, you know, this is, uh, um, which they I had said already, I wasn't going to help, but they, they had already set up earlier in the movie exactly how important protocol and like the prime directive yeah. was to Spock. And so for older, wiser Spock to say, I would never do this except in this case, because this is the most dangerous person that we ever faced. Yeah, it's a geek out moment. A moment. I agree. It's it's yeah, it's fun, but but, but, it's, but it's also very important to to set up exactly how how bad this dude is. Right, but it's it's see just just like as set not assessing um, the value of this movie is pure entertainment. It's fun, like oh, I no, said. But no, it's fun, but it's not a. It is nowhere near of the caliber of say Skyfall. This Skyfall is a great movie. No, it's it's a great movie. It's well, it's how, nowhere well, near the caliber well, of the great science fiction movies that came before. How, you, uh, how about we compare it to the first the first movie in the series? And oh, it's great. But what I'm saying is, the, every everything that makes you, that that made you, well, me. Everything that played on everything you've seen before. There's a reason why Spock makes the sacrifice in Wrath of Khan. Kirk makes the sacrifice in this one. Kirk yelled Khan in the original. Spock yells it in this one. Like, why are those things in there? That, that, because that, that's where it all fans are. Yeah, it's, a, that, it's that's that's where I felt it coming off the rails. But and they and, put it back. and you got Kirk and Uhura, the first interracial kiss, right? In this series, it's Spock and Uhura. Like, there, there's things that in, hey, unless you newsflash, do you know what the name of the movie is? Into Darkness. No, it's called Star Trek. No, but what I'm saying is all it's rehashed ideas and different. Then go watch Pacific Rim. This, of course, that's so be lame. Fun. If you want to see something new and different, they did. These, they didn't do anything different. It's all rehash. Enough different for you. Oh, I like I said, I'm not shitting on the movie. It's fun, yeah. but 
there's nothing novel about it. It's just it's just rearranging old things in new ways. The the um, the, and I I don't think that's a bad thing. It, it's not, but it doesn't make for for great science fiction on the screen. It makes for fun. It doesn't make for great. It's it's it's. I don't know, man. I mean, I I gotta think. I I gotta say, and I, I vividly remember the original con. I, I enjoyed this movie a hell of a lot more than I did the first con. No, I, I think it's a better movie. I think it's, it's it looks better. It looks better. Yeah, it looks better. Yes, sure. Yeah, I don't. I mean, I guess I don't know. I, I don't know like, I, I guess I just I struggle with the argument that it's too too close of an homage to the source material because we as fanboys spend ninety percent of our time. Begging for that, and and yourself included. We we and again, we just got done talking about a comic book series that is playing on the tropes that have always made us like the series in the first place. Like it's about doing those tropes that we love and putting a spin on it and modernizing it, and then we come off saying that's fucking awesome. It's right. just like I love. Like, oh, so you're talking about you're talking about uncanny. The right. Wrath of Khan itself was paying fan service to the original series. That no, was a no, it was an, it was yes. a kin, it was a continuation of the original series. The, 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 Yes. <laughs> Thank you. Honey. It's a, it's a continuation um, no, but, of the storyline no, started you, you in that series. You can't look at me in the face and say that that by them bringing back a bad guy from the original 1960s series whenever they make that in the 1980s that that wasn't paying fan service to fans of the original But it, but it's it's not in it's they're, they're not it's not an inbred thing. It's within that universe. That well, is just this, that's this, like Bringing the lizard back from issue whatever of Spider-Man in uh, like 25 issues later. That's what that is. They're just continuing the story. 20 years later. Well, who cares about the span of time? It's still the same story. It's what? still... It's, no, it's not. Because, uh, see, yeah, it is. You are now making the argument to debunk you because it's not about time. Okay, now we... It's are, not now, about we, time. It's about the story. It's if you read this is now we're now twenty years later in in our time, but they went back and they retconned it. They changed the timeline. If you watch the first movie, this is that same universe. Yes. So it's okay. It is no, it's not the same thing. It's a bunch of people making a movie in homage to an old series. Actors? No, no. They you you can make an alternate timeline. That's awesome, but you're. You're still it, okay, but it's not the same story. Well, I just know because it's a different timeline, but well, it's still. Here's the thing I but you see, get. you you're so, now one thing you're saying about Wrath of Khan is no. is it's it's a continuation of the story begun in whatever episode that was with Ricardo yeah. Montalban, right? That's Which was, yeah. It's like it's like book seven of Harry Potter. Something happens in book one, and they play it out in book seven, right? It's the yeah. same story. But, yeah, but it was twenty years later in a movie. Who, who cares? It's it's the the form the container the container is not the point. That's what they've done with this. It's this is we're twenty years later and it's in a movie and they're just it's it's a it's a twist on that it wasn't it's not the same story as Wrath of Khan. It's taking. Well, that's what I was getting at is that you know first of all lots of I mean we're in a, we're in a world where Hollywood does remakes all the time, yeah. and I've I've seen plenty of of tried and true remakes that I've liked. Um, and, and in fact, I mean, look at Evil Dead, right, Vince? I mean, you, I don't think you would hold it up to the original, but you no, enjoyed but it was good, remake, right? yeah, yeah. So, so I actually don't have an issue, even if they just made a straight up remake. Like that wouldn't even bother me. But this is not a remake. This is not a remake. This is playing on the idea that this is an alternate reality, and mm-hmm. I love alternate reality takes. Of the, this is like a what if. This is what if these kind of things change. How would this be different? And I love that because, to David's point, 
for those of us that grew up in the Star Trek world and familiar with the original movie and familiar with the, the there are tons of little wink wink moments, even like with the Tribble, right? Yeah. But oh, like, yeah. but but like again, my kids saw it and they just loved it for what it was. And you keep saying it's not good sci-fi. Not to say that a ten and eight. I didn't say it wasn't good. No, you, you said, did, it, you said it was. I said I said it would it will never qualify as a great movie. Never. No, no, you. Well, no. In one of your rants, you actually said it's not good sci-fi. It was an entertaining movie, but it's not good sci-fi. And what I'm saying is, is I disagree with that. It's, it's good sci-fi unto itself. If you hold this in the, if you view the this continuity as the first movie and then this, I think this is a great follow-up. Like I loved the con. I think it's is a much smarter, more belief. Like I never understood in the first one why Khan was wore that goofy outfit and why he because he like, had massive. Latex chest muscles. Like yeah, but I'm saying like like and and this is I love the Benedict Cumberbatch. Just looks like a normal dude. Yeah, but, but yet like he's this super like he's got yeah. superhuman. And again, I know that Kirk unload. Yeah, on. the original con was supposed to be superhuman, but because of special effects and budget, we never really got to right to feel that. And this we see it right. Like he's 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 in, and he was as much a mental. Uh, uh, um, he was much he was as superior mentally as he was physically. Like yeah. I right. love all that because like, they I, could. Like, yeah, I love how they humanize it. I love how you know we meet him by by him using his blood to cure a little girl, but then you know we find out that in in exchange that her dad has to be a human bomb. Like that's like I just loved the touches. I, <laughs> well, he didn't give a shit about the girl was, at all. Who was an actor? Who was an well, actor? No, no, Doctor Who, which yeah, David like, I loved. It's yeah, awesome. It's just... Like I, I, there were so many touches in this movie, and yeah, I see your point. And again, I think part of this is how much you're beholden to the to the original source material because because I like I get what you're saying about you know. They're not really breaking new ground with with Uhura and but okay so so now Spock is with Uhura and that kind of irks you but like, no it doesn't well, irk me at all I'm just saying it's a flip okay right but I'm saying but it's a flip right but it's, it's like I don't I guess I don't view that as bad or good like to me I judge it on do I think they have chemistry on screen which I do She's do hot. I think do I think Uhura is attractive and an interesting character I do yeah do I think that that he is an excellent Spock I do. So, do I think that the Kirk Spock relationship, which is always so important, is well done in these movies? Do, I, I do. I think they have great chemistry on screen with each other. So, like, yeah. if I'm judging this movie from a character standpoint, I think every one of them is great. I think Scotty's great, and he's a yep. great ca- character in this. I think I, I love think, seeing Christopher Pike in these movies. Yeah, I love seeing um, yeah. um, Sulu. You know, take have that moment in the chair, and then they're like, "Remind me never to make you mad." Like, I like the, yeah. there were so many like. Like f yeah moments in this, and again, like I can only judge it by the fact that my kids, who have absolutely no context outside of these two movies, were just whooping up and down when we watched this movie. Like they thought it was awesome. Like it pumped them up. So I don't know. Like that's and again, like I I can't. I mean, that being said, you know, I, I was probably much more critical of the latest Man of Steel movie, even though I thought that was entertaining at points, because um, it wasn't quote unquote true to the character. So I guess to me, the reason I loved this movie is although it was a little bit different and there were little things changed it was true to what I believe to be these characters exactly the heart and yes. soul of each of these characters J.J. Abrams preserved and I think that's awesome I think Kirk like, is always Kirk Spock is yeah, always I think Spock that's actually yeah. ironically because Abrams is taking over um, you know the Star Wars franchise I think that's what gives me such great hope there because ironically um, Lucas I felt lost the emotional center of the characters that he created sure. in his, like, he, he managed to lose, to lose his own characters, and right, I think that Abrams right. will capture them. And now, so, I, what I'm but saying that's is that's not I, entirely a diff- difficult thing to do, is to no, stay true to the characters. I mean, if you, if you well, play, if you bring be. talented people in with reverence for the, the original material, it's not tough to stay 
on point with these characters. I mean, Kirk has certain character ticks that are very easy to exploit, right? Same thing with Spock. But I mean, like, take, but let's take that against Zack Snyder, right? Like, I think I where Snyder it. falls down is he's terrible at, get, at, at bringing out characters. He's, yeah. he can film beautiful. He, he's, he's got a cinematic eye. He can, he has a flair for the dramatic. He, but, but I, he, his movies are soulless. Most of the characters are, are soulless. And those that have a character are, Often so anathema to what we believe to be core to their character. Is it what that? I, is I the movie that bad? What, what I what I love about the the new versions of of these characters are that these actors, and it comes exactly to what Jason is saying, is that you know the guy who plays Kirk is not doing a Shatner impersonation. No, nope. you know it's not it's it's not impersonations of probably the most is like Bones. And he is an impersonation to Carl Urban, yeah, right? Yeah, he, he's yeah. Impersonating him, and that, to your point, Chris, about like how like he was the most annoying thing to me about this movie because every time he opened his mouth, it was the kind of clenched teeth, and it was the, it was like, dude, I like all right. I mean, doing that once or twice a movie to remind us that your bones is cool, but like every one of his lines, and it, to an extent, that wasn't his fault because every one of his lines was a play on yeah. the old bones tropes. But Kirk but squashes think, which that, is, which is funny because then you, then you realize that he he was dread. Yeah, no, and he's uh, he's <laughs> he's a new TV show on Fox. This this uh, oh, he's he's a great actor. He's yeah. really good. So it's not it's not his fault. But yeah, he's the only one that is is kind of doing the impersonation of one of the original cast members. So you know, to get back to your point, is that J.J. Abrams has done an amazing job of of pulling the characters and the core of what makes those you know is kirk kirk because of shatner's overacting no he's kirk because of what he does and how he reacts and because he's a cowboy and he takes chances and he doesn't go by the book he goes by the gut and it and he's a ladies man and so the core of of that character comes through without without the the shatner impersonation and i think that is is why i've i've come to appreciate the characters even more than than the original cast that that acted them out Mm-hmm. But they have a pretty unique opportunity here now. Because, okay, give them the first two movies to set up this alternate reality. Right. But now, they have the five-year mission. Yes. yes. So yeah. they can go where yes. Roddenberry has never gone before. Right. Is, right. But, I'm expecting the Borg. You know what oh, I mean? That, it, see, that'll bother me, just because I wasn't a fan of the Borg originally, so. I... I don't know if, boy, that would be weird. I don't know if they would do Borg. I mean, they said, I, I'm expecting Romulans because they did the Klingon they thing. Just, well, so. but, well, they barely did the Klingons. Barely. So I'm, I'm expecting. I thought they did the Klingons well. I they loved, did the Klingons great. I, thought, I loved, loved the having Hura come out and, ha- and like talk, talk ish to them. Like that yeah. was sweet. I really thought that was cool. Strong woman. The, uh, it's tough. It, 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 by the it, way, she's like a Geek Boys fan. So she's in every Geek Losers. Movie. Yeah. Yep. The, um, Avatar. The, oh, that's right. Um, it, you wouldn't get, it, it, the, the part where I'm getting, I'm, I'm getting lost with Vince with, with, with the whole remake of the second, you're not going to see old man Spock beat up on old man Ricardo of Montalban. You're not going to see, you're not going to see Kirk do that, even though he tried to get some fights on in, in whatever movies he was in. But it's a chance to have the younger set kind of, Get us up to speed, I guess. But it, it's the, there were things that you 
What the hell's with the mandatory passcode? I'm sorry. Go ahead. The, uh, the, the, um, the geek out moments for me, um, con reversals aside where the, they had the ship from that mud incident and, and Vince mentioned mud already and, and Jason mentioned the triple. I thought that was great and, and I am so glad that we did not have to wait for a third movie for resolution. We, we, we had, oh, yeah. that was, when, yeah, I, I, yeah, we didn't have, we didn't have to have the, the search for Spock. We didn't, yeah, or, or the, the search, search for, Kirk. for Kirk. We didn't have to put yeah. Kirk in the sunglass case and shoot him out in, in, yeah. in space. It was, um, does that go was, over well these days? The what? Stretching things across movies. I mean, I know that's a, uh, if you're talking Tolkien, that's a, and, given, and, but like Potter, with any other, yeah, I don't, I, yeah, I don't, I don't. I mean, know they did it with the Harry Potter last two movies, right? Because yeah. the books um, were so were so massive. But they did it with the, the Hobbit. Yeah, they're doing it with the Hobbit. Yeah. And, and um, uh, well, if if they had ended it like the Wrath of Khan, where Kirk dies and they get some resolution and then shoot him out the, you know, or you shoot him into space, and it's like, uh, okay, now I know what we have to do right. for the next one. It's yeah, it was that. That's whenever I was like, uh oh, this thing is getting ready to go. From like you know a high eight to to like a three, just look for like Genesis. Three. That's all. The, but but that's the thing. See, and even then, and, and I love I, I love the little, and I didn't see it coming when we met Admiral Marcus. But I I, I love that you know they gave us Carol Marcus now. Um, oh, and, that and, one part. Mm. Well, that and that was yeah, that was that was for me. Sure. That, that was for me. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, there's the um, she could play Susie. There, yeah, you're right. You could yeah. Seeing, seeing, um, oh. seeing Sulu in the chair, which Jason mentioned, but I know that, you know, our, the original Sulu, all he wanted to do was be captain, and, and, and now we had this Sulu in the chair, albeit for a short moment, but the thing that absolutely made me giddy, I, I loved the idea, cause I, I, I like William Sadler, but I, I loved the whole idea when they introduced it in Deep Space Nine of Section 31. And they mentioned it in this movie. Mm-hmm. And from that point on, I don't care what could have had. We could have had another just two hours of, of, of black screen at that point. I just, I heard that. And it, there were four books that, that, um, I think Penguin, but they put out covering section 31 over the four different Star Trek series that I still have yet to read. But I just, I, I think this, the whole section 31 deal is pretty neat. And, and that, um, and I, I thought for a second, I thought they were going to end up with the Excelsior at the end of the movie because I thought that's what Marcus's ship was going to be named, um, and then take it from there. So there were things where I was, I was even going along with thinking where they could kind of, where they were straying from what we know, and where we could end up because of what we know, and they still went in another direction or didn't even think of that. Which you know, I'm glad I wasn't able. To guess everything, so I, I just, but no, I mean, from, from start to finish, I, I enjoyed the hell out of it. I watched it three times since I bought oh, the. Oh, well, there you go. No, it's a good, it's a good, fun movie. I liked wow. it. I thought it was good. Because I, I do, I do have a Rathacon disc. Well, pardon me. Uh, I have a Rathacon disc. So you were watching this one. No, I have that too. I just thought, hey, this is pretty neat. I love the destruction. It's awesome. I mean, the special effects are really and good, and, and that's and and as I'm um, as I'm finding out from folks that uh, 
who weren't who who enjoyed it but weren't super keen on it. Uh, they they weren't thrilled with the whole um, uh, 9-11 kind of take on, on 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 that building in London. Uh, I don't get it. What do you mean? Well, the the whole terrorist angle and 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 like taking it, a ship it, and crashing it into. And and right exactly there's that at the end and um Shit happens. And, and using and using the Klingons as like um analogs for uh the Iraq war because Marcus went and sent the Enterprise to go and start a war and, and so Marcus is the Dick Cheney analog. Uh, uh, yeah. Wow. But, you know, I just and, but that see these are things that I mean I didn't and, and didn't those know. and those story points are all bad because why? No, I mean, I told Jason, I says, as, as a story, I mean, for what we saw on the screen from start to finish as a story, I enjoyed it for what it was. I wasn't looking for anything. I wasn't mm-hmm. trying to, I, I wasn't putting on my conspiracy theorist hat and trying to say, okay, <laughs> Abrams must secretly, you know, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't give a shit about any of that. I was no just such a secret. Of, but, yeah, I mean, yeah, it's, I love those parts of the movies because you know what? It, it whenever, fiction imitates real life it draws i mean it 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 makes that stuff stronger for me it's i heard some criticism about peter weller i didn't think he was bad i thought he was that was that's my net i I think it's time for peter weller to not (laughs) to not be so not to not to not be in movies anymore to please not do voiceover i i'm still here's me carrying over my prejudices Mm. um after the uh uh Batman, the Dark Knight Returns, um, animated. Mm-hmm. Oh, he's in that. Yeah. Oh God, he's Bruce. he does he does the voice of Bruce and and Batman, and it's not it's not good. Oh. Um, I'm just I'm I'm ready for Peter Weller to not do things anymore. It's, He'll always be. Things. He's he's so so stiff. He's, my, he's so stiff. Wow. Well, he did he, was, he did he play was RoboCop. For a fucking reason. He guys. played uh, William Burroughs really well in uh, Naked Lunch. He's great in that. Yeah, but then again, that's yeah. William Burroughs. Bill, exactly. Bill, Bill's kind yes. of stiff. He needs to be ago, very, very stiff, wooden or robotic characters. It's uh, so yeah. That was that's my that was my only casting thing. It's like, ugh, Peter Weller. So. Oh, hmm. but speaking of Robocop, they do have. Uh, I think they came out with a a new Thriller. anniversary edition came out oh. this week. There's a great movie. I am fond of uh, of RoboCop. Yeah, I'm looking uh, forward to the remake myself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah and and the killing is uh, what's that? No, it's, I, I, it's the only the only thing for me is is this um this trend or this fad of of turning movies that I, I get it. It's so they can have more people in the seats, but I you know if, if I don't like the idea of of uh, catering a story which should be maybe rated R to, to PG-13. All right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, because RoboCop should never be PG-13. It's, right. It's and true, but um, Jason, Jason could probably speak to this. I think the, the box office is more robust. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Oh, that's, there's, I mean, that's undeniable, yeah. I mean, yeah. You know, that's why they do it's it. It's all about the money, that yeah. money. But, yeah, you know, back on the, on the Star Trek thing, I just, you know, people are certainly... Have have every right in the world to have their own opinion and and be you know just outraged by something, but I think the hate went not even way too far. I I don't I don't 
I don't see why people hated this movie. I can understand. I don't understand not, it either. Not, I can understand not liking it or, or having, you know, if you, if you hold Wrath of Khan in, in such high, holy esteem of not liking it, but to have the, the, the absolute rage and vitriol for this, I thought was, it was not, it was snowballed for some weird reason, and yeah, I agree. I, it's, it, yeah, it did surprise it, me. It didn't make sense. Yeah. yeah, I don't see anything in the content that would warrant that. I mean, That's there's the nothing really to hate. It's and just you either like it or you don't. Yeah, like we started off the conversation with you. Almost, I'm sure. I mean, and it sounded like you were arguing with us about it wasn't being a good movie. No, it's a but good movie. I think movie. your point. Yeah, I mean, you, you, there were things that you didn't think were like awesome about it, but. Right. It's just a far cry from like people literally telling me like I hated that movie, and it's just it is odd because it does seem like the uh, the first film was so well received by everybody, including hardcore Trekkies, and and it can't be like the hatred can't be like to what Vince was alluding to not hatred for but dislike in the homage part because that if that were the case they would have hated the first one too right yeah the first right. one it was very much a, 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 intentionally an homage and throwback to the original series yeah. in many ways. so I think the best scene is the first ten minutes I love that scene. Oh, it's great! Love yeah. it. Oh, I watched you, that over I mean, and over and over again. Right? I mean, yeah. beautiful. I mean, the red and the. And if you uh, watch the uh, special features, that set's not that big. Right. They they worked magic with about yeah. you know two hundred by, uh, however wide it was. It wasn't that long. It was so cool seeing um, seeing uh the the, the Enterprise under the water. And yes, I, cool. as a as a huge whale fan, I was hoping <laughs> that they would have had a little homage to uh. <laughs> no, oh, that funny. That would have been awesome. <laughs> Did I have an alien fish swim by? Like, to just have a whale swim by? Just have George and Gracie. That'd be great. That's I really awesome. think they couldn't do that because they weren't on Earth, but it would have been cool. Earth, Earth. It's um, you know, I I think that the internet turns into a big echo chamber and, and especially people love nothing more than to than to bitch about things yeah. so i mean we've all become used to that but you know the star trek was was a case of it um the whole ben affleck as as bruce wayne and batman is another one you know it, bruce or uh, ben affleck um finally talked about it and he's like no i just stayed off the internet for a few days and yeah. you know I, and, and he said i just i just think that you know people should stop prejudging movies before they come out and i was like thank you do you um, think it's catharsis in a way like people prejudge they use the internet as their sounding board they get all angry mm-hmm. you know human nature is you get mad about something you can't stay like vitriolic about something you just can't you know unless right. it's something. i think you underestimate but unfortunately well, no, no, no. What I'm saying is like again like you can you know, God forbid, something someone does something horrible to your loved one. You know, you but you can hate them forever. What I'm saying is, it's just human nature. You know, you get really fired up about some shit, and then like usually, like a week later, like, what was I so upset about? Yeah. Even if it might still irk you. So I almost feel like the internet now has become this like, um, like uh, psych- psychologist couch for people. They they hear something, they just rage about it, and then by the time it comes back around, they've almost done a, a 180. And then they can go see the film, or listen to the album, or watch the show. Yeah, and then be like, yeah, you know, I thought it was going to suck, but it was alright. But that rage, uh, in the initial stages, that's a very dangerous thing, because that could make or break a project. Like, look at the the oh, sure. uh, the vitriol that people spewed on um, John Carter initially. I mean that. I still need to see that. Yes, they mishandled oh, the promotion. Great, on, it is a great movie. They mishandled the promotion. Yeah, on I mean, that. Oh, that, that's a great sci-fi movie. It's fun. 
And it, it, yeah, I thought know. it was fun. I mean, again, not to, we're just arguing semantics. I don't want right. to. Right. But what I, I'm I saying is, great, but I, I enjoyed it very a much. lot of the things that, that, that brought that movie down, at least in terms of, you know, box office was the online just shitstorm that, that erupted when that thing came. And it, unwarranted. The movie is nowhere near as b- I, bad as they made it out to be. It's I, I had that experience this week and, and I was in part, you know, guilty of it myself because I'm such a huge fan of the source material. When I saw the, the first previews for World War Z, I was like, oh man, that, I don't know. And, uh, didn't watch it, didn't watch it at the movie theater. Um, finally had, uh, a chance to, to watch it now that it's out on, uh, uh, on Blu-ray. And it is not the book. And that's, that's okay. But I was thoroughly entertained. I thought it was a, a really entertaining movie. Um, Jason, I know that you're a fan of the book. Did you, did you see the movie? Um, I just threw it onto my iPad for, uh, for my, I'm taking a business trip next week, so I, I haven't watched it yet. I, I'm, no, no spoilers, um, but, uh, I, I gave myself some time to, to kind of get away from it. I hadn't watched any of the, you know, reviews or, or, or read in depth on, on that stuff. I know a lot of people had major issues with it. Some people liked it. But what I've learned is that I shouldn't watch previews and I should stay away from any sort of, um, reviews from people that I don't trust their opinions on and go just go into movies or comics or books or TV shows with a with a relatively as as close to a a blank slate opinion wise as I can um which is hard to do these days it's but yeah it's really tough to do yeah it's really hard i, I would expect honestly i expected into darkness to suck because of all the hate and i was, and i got done and i was like that was awesome and then mm-hmm. I'm watching, I'm watching World War Z and I'm like, wow, you know what? That, uh, it's better than the last season and a half of Walking Dead. Now I don't know whether or not it's an option when you actually play the disc, World War Z, but mm-hmm. the cut that appears on the Blu-ray is one of the cuts. Uh, is not what was shown in theaters. This I, I, think, I, think, I think there's some extra scenes in there that are a little extra. Yeah, extra they, they, yeah they, they, this is yeah. not the PG-13. Uh, well, look, you know what? I, I think I, I don't want to be, I don't want to be a hypocrite. Cause I'm sure we've probably ranted. We've been on the other sure, side of sure. these rants at times. We're, for, the, we're, we're guilty of this. Yeah. Yeah, and, and I'm because I'm thinking like, um, like to your point, I, I didn't see World War Z yet. Um, from much of what you're getting to was such a big fan of the, of the book. And then it was pretty clear to me from the previews that the, this was not the book. Um, but, but now I feel like it's, the, the reviews have been generally positive from, again, from not from, from the media, but from people I know that have seen it, that I trust your opinions. So now I'm, I'm, but, but I think time enough has passed where I'm going to watch this for, for itself. Like, I'm almost not even thinking about the fact that it's named World War Z. This is here's, a movie with here's, Brad Pitt. Here's the, here's the way to go into it. As World War Z was a, uh, a retelling of the war. Just think of this as a story that takes place at the breakout. Is basically one of yeah, yeah, exactly. so a chapter, it, right? Uh, yeah, yeah, think yeah. It's I mean it's it's a character that that goes to different parts of the world and is trying to figure out what happens. But it's it's kind of like the Star Trek that we're talking about. It exists in that universe. It can easily fit into that universe. It's not the novel, but it is, it is a story. It is a part of 
the story that exists within that. I, they, they throw some bones your way. There are some characters in there that, that, that you meet that are in the book, which is, is kind of neat. And it's just, oh, you meet them at different parts of their story along the way. And it's, yeah, it's, it's a sliver of that much, much larger pie. And I was completely fine with it. And at the end of it, they leave it open that they can come back and revisit it. Sure. Well, and I was, you know, on the flip side of this, I, I was, uh, a, a hu- humongous fan of, of, uh, of I Am Legend, the novella. So, so, and, and I've generally always been a big Will Smith fan. I've been, a, I've always found him entertaining. So when he was, you know, doing I Am Legend, I thought, oh, this is going to be cool. And, you know, that was a far cry from the book, you know, and again, there's plenty of reasons you could argue that it, it should have been because the book is, is a fairly dated and, and, How does and it stack up to the Omega Man. No. Yeah, well, I, well, again, I wasn't, as you probably same know story, from, same I'm, story. Just, I'm just not a fan of, I'm not generally a fan of older movies, so it's, I'm a little bit of a, <laughs> it's Charlton not, Heston. It's Charlton no, Heston. I, listen, dude, I, I'm not saying Charlton I'm right Heston for in, a, in the 1970s post-apocalyptic I do movie. not like older it movies, it's just a thing about me. Um, <laughs> but, um, I'm going to drop a spoiler on you, Jason. Soylent Green is people. It is. No, I've seen it. Again, I've seen it. I'm just saying, but, but, um, <laughs> <just> didn't like it. <laughs> but, but the, you know, but so, so that was tough for me, but then I rewatched it a year or two after. And, uh, and again, looking at it just as the movie that it was, I was entertained by it. I'm like, oh, it's a good movie. Like, it's fun. You know, like it's, it's not because it, I wasn't then thinking like this was Richard Matheson's vision. This is just, you know, loosely based on the same kind of concept. Um, and you know, on this front, because we, we probably should roll this back into comics at some point. Um, what do y'all think about the news that we're going to get a Walking Dead TV show spinoff? And I ask because number one, I have thought for ages that it would be high time for a Walking Dead spinoff comic book. Yes. Where even if it's not written by Robert, you know, it's written even maybe in an anthology way where people could tell the tales of the Walking Dead where they, you know, again, kind of like World War Z, you see just different anecdotes in this, in this world of different characters and different situations. I always thought that would be fun. And yep. Kirkman's always said, no, you know, it's my universe. I want to control it. Well, now we get word that we're going to get a TV show spinoff again because money talks. And I got to tell you, based on how hard it's been for me to suspend my affinity for the comic book watching the existing show, I'm actually more excited about a spinoff set in that world than I th- and will pr- I bet like it more than I like yep. the actual TV show because I won't inherently prejudge it against what I think should be happening. It just will happen. I think know? it's a. I think it's hilarious that not hilarious. I think it's very interesting that AMC has two of its most popular shows are wrapping up with Breaking Bad and, and Mad Men and their, their knee jerk, what I feel is a knee jerk reaction is to take two of their more popular properties in Breaking Bad and Walking Dead and use those to fill those spots by creating spinoffs. I think it's very interesting. I was driving through, mm-hmm. um, an intersection in Scranton and they have a giant rotating uh, the digital billboards, mm-hmm. and there were uh, so I was at the stoplight, and I, I'm looking around. Uh, you got your local um, lawyers, uh, your local businesses. No shit, just call Saul came up, and That's and, and and it was made as a mock advertisement. There was uh. nothing to tell you. It didn't say Breaking Bad. It didn't say it, the number was five five five. Blah 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 blah. 
That's how popular Breaking Bad is. That mm. th- it has somebody well, could drop a, a, a stealth missile like that in in freaking Scranton, Pennsylvania, of all well, places. That, that's 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 the spinoff. You know, the, I know, but that's what I'm saying. Bob Odenkirk, baby. SIU, yeah. Um, oh, he's great. Chicago Zone. But I mean, as far as Walking Dead goes, I don't have any eggs in this basket. I don't watch the show. I don't read the comic. I don't really care. I'm with I'm with Jason though because because it's not tied to the comic, but it exists in that universe. It has it has a a bona fide chance of being a better series. Oh yeah, totally, but totally from a from a business perfect. standpoint, Kirkman's only going to get that 15 minutes once. You know, I would capitalize on it as much as possible. Make that spinoff. Do it. It's the show's That's- not going to be popular forever. Ten years on the comic. That's more than fifteen minutes. But ten years. Well, that's been running. I'm just paraphrasing that, Andy. But uh, yeah, this is. The, oh, but in the grand scheme of things, this is this is uh, Kirkman's fifteen minutes. It's just oh yeah, stretched it's what, out. It's what he'll always be known for. Yeah. So yeah. 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 But yeah, run with it. Why not do it? You got the opportunity. Freaking, you'd be stupid not to make a spinoff. Hey, want to make more money? Sure, we all do. You know, here's another show. Mm-hmm. Yeah, do it. Comics. Let's do this. We have, uh, that was the intro. I was going to say, ironically, we have a lot of comics we all want to talk about. We sure about. do. I got a yeah, shitload of number ones. We got 35 minutes to uh, finish up. Well, no, we, we have got lots more than that. You got me for 35 more minutes. All right. Lots of number ones this week. Lots. Yeah? Well, I shouldn't yeah. say this week, last week, and yeah. this week. Yes. You got anything you want to go run I with? I know one of the ones you're going to talk about I want to talk about, so go ahead. What's that? God is dead. Well, that's not on my list, but I did read that. Really? That's not on your list? No, there's things that trumped it. I'll I'll give you my list, and then we'll we'll do yours, and then we'll move on. I got zero number one from Image. That trumps God is Dead? Yeah, I thought so. Wow. Um, Eternal Warrior, number one, which trumped zero, which trumped God is Dead. I didn't read that, so I can't speak. Oh, man. And uh, King's Watch, number one, which I'll save that. Me and David are going to tag team at the end. So you go. You do it. Jason. I thought we were going to talk about God is Dead together. Go ahead. Know. I'll talk about it. I read it. I'm with you. So, um, Kirkman. This is I mean, um, uh, Hickman. Book. Hickman, yeah. Um, only it's uh, co-written by Mike Costa. And um, I know Chris knows this, so. Oh, no is, this the av- is this the Avatar book? Mm-hmm. Yeah. No oh, cheating. Okay. No cheating, Chris. But uh, for our listeners at home or, or you two, do you know who Mike Costa's best friend is? Yes. I know you know. That's why I said you can't oh. say it. Oh. Ryan Brown. They grew up together. Yeah. It's yeah. pronounced Brownie. Yeah. Well, it's not. They, yeah. <laughs> they went to, uh, yeah, they went to grade school together. And I think, what was it? They, um, I think the whole story is, and I'm probably getting this wrong, but in, in grade school, their teacher had this project where, um, one class would start a story and then they would leave it and then the next class would come in and they would finish the story and it just so happened that that I guess Mike and Ryan sat at the same desk but at different times and Ryan got to finish Mike's story and that's how they met and they've been like best friends ever since Mm -hmm. so yeah And he's okay. also, of course, known belovedly on our end for becoming sort of the definitive G.I. Joe Cobra uh, yes. 
uh, uh, scribe of the last few years. But, but anyway, so this is a this is a concept created by Hickman. But the first issue is written by Hickman and Costa with art by uh, Di Amorim. Um, now, Vince, I know you. This is I can count on the number on, on my hands how many times I've read a Avatar book before this. So, right. is Di Amorim a, a regular Avatar artist or no? Um, I didn't recognize the name going in, but that's not to say I haven't encountered him before because um, he he's good, but he's he's in the the Avatar zone. Yeah, I was going to say, what I mean? very much, yeah. <laughs> the book very much looks like what you would think an Avatar book But, you, like. let, let, let's qualify that. It is the classiest Avatar book to date, which isn't to say that there's not very explicit violence in it and nakedness. There is, but it's not crossed. It's, no. it's, it's tasteful to, to a point, tasteful violence and nudity. It, there, I mean, you don't have, the sexual shenanigans that's going on in Crossed or, or, uh, uh, you know, like, uh, or the, the explicit bloodshed that's in like Extinction Parade. This is, it's, if you didn't know this came out of Avatar, you probably wouldn't have been able to guess. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, I would say again, just, just starting maybe with the not so great and then talking about the, the art is, is, is the, 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 the less strong of the two pillars. Yeah, it's entirely serviceable though. Yes, yes. It's, it's good. It's just, it's, it's in that very realistic avatar zone where, you know, it's, it's almost homogenous with most of the other stuff that they publish. It's not, yeah. it's not Rollo. From, right. From, yeah. Right. But so the premise is the, the book starts off by showing us uh, different parts of the world and different natural disasters, if you will, acts of God. Um, you know, an eruption that uh, you know that lasts two weeks and kills tens of thousands. Um, you know, sudden you know uh, uh, in Norway, a sudden sort of glacial freezing that you know again kills thousands. Um, a massive sandstorm in Egypt that destroys all kinds of buildings and kills thousands, and an earthquake in New Delhi that kills millions, and, and so forth and so on. Um, acts of God, uh, and then you see a uh, a sandal-clad, white-robed figure floating through uh, the city, and uh, you're thinking, "Oh, this is about you know JC coming back," and it says, you know, an event referred to as the quote-unquote second coming, but no, it's actually not Jesus Christ. Um, <laughs> it's uh, it's Zeus, and he's it's pissed. Zeus, yeah, and he's unhappy. He is not pleased. He's like, and- "You guys are," and and I, I love the uh, the scene. That introduces him where he walks up to, uh, the, uh, the creation where the two fingers are almost touching and he goes, that's ridiculous. You guys are fucking this shit up. This, this, <laughs> this planet is a mess and he sits down at the Vatican. He's got the lightning going on. And he's like, you're going to do it my way from now on. We're going to worship and worship correct. Yeah, he's like, yeah. Zeus returns. I'll be worshiped again and I will be obeyed. Uh, and then it says two months later, and all of a sudden, you know, the the world has taken on an obsession with not not just um, with theism of all types. So in, in Mexico, uh, they've started doing human sacrifices again. Um, you know, <laughs> they, they show a CNN esque uh, reporter giving this very serious uh, soliloquy about how he's not going to get caught up in the what's going on with with different faiths, and it's their job to report the news in a factual way, and then. That cut. There's a cut scene, and you know, presumably it's like a week or two later, and if the same guy's got a third eye drawn on his head, and he's wearing you know uh, like Incan robes, and he's talking about um, you know the path to illumination and darkness, you know, during the newscast. So it's just best it's two showing, pages in the book by far. Yeah, very well yeah. done. But very well done. I mean, I, there, 
there's not a cutscene. That's what makes it so powerful. You got this this dude sitting at the <coughs> desk, and it, it's a long shot, right? And he's just like Jason said, he's going on like, "Don't fall into this. This is may not be what it seems. We haven't figured out what's going on yet." And as the camera zooms in, you get a real tight shot of his eyes. So the next panel, as it pulls back, then you see he's transformed. So it it happens like that, but you don't know how long in between. But it's it's shocking almost. And it's yeah. it's not gratuitous, and it's Avatar, so and, and figure that out. There's a, a an underground that's just getting started, and of course, the underground is is the world's greatest scientists, um, which again is I think a little bit of a failing of the art. There's there's a, a scientist named uh, Thomas Mims, and he's drawn to look like Einstein. There's uh, a, a, a wheelchair bound guy named Dr. Henry Rhodes, and he's, you know, he can only speak through his laptop. He's supposed to be like Stephen Hawking. I just don't know why I didn't make him Stephen Hawking, for that matter, if you're going to do that, do it that way. But, uh, but, but the, 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 the culmination of the book is that uh, Zeus is like getting ready for this big bacchanal, and, uh, and, and like Thor's by his side, and Loki's by his side, and uh, all of a sudden the people start arriving, and it's, it's, it's all the different pantheonic gods. There's the Egyptian gods arrive, and then the, uh, the, the Incan gods, and then the uh, the Hindu gods and then the Greek gods and they're all sitting around this table with the earth, um, you know, like a, a, a sort of like a, a war table, you know, like you would when you were trying to make strategy for a war and, uh, and Zeus is just like, okay, he's like, uh, you know, our, our, our intrepid voyages, the realm of man have been mere scouting parties. This bitch is ripe and wet and spread wide open for us. Let's take her. And, uh, and that's, you know, that sets up presumably the the rest of the series so i just uh i thought this was was by far and away um the 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 rawest of a hickman book we've ever seen um you know he rarely has fun in his books if you think about it like he's he's not you know where it's like a jason aaron puts some fun into his books or certainly bendis can do that you know hickman rarely attempts humor you know you're even any kind of satire it's just not his i guess you could say um um Manhattan Projects has some of that. Oh, well, remember, it's, it's not just Hickman. No, no, exactly. But I'm saying it was created by him is all I'm saying. It. So mm-hmm. it, this is the first thing with his name on it. Uh, I guess, you know, in Manhattan Projects, I guess there is some humor there, although that's as much, I think, it's the bot- bata- It's Batara. Yeah, of the visual. Um, but, uh, but you know, this is definitely his most satirical thing. Yeah. Um, you know, if you if you juxtapose this against, um, oh, gosh, what was the name of that Hickman series, uh, the time travel one? Um, uh, with with the, the limited series, Pax Romana. Yeah, Pax Romana. You know, he's he's kind of playing in the same sandbox a little bit here. Um, you know, just in terms of 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 faith and its impact on society. But in this one, you know, it's much more fantastical. I mean, in this, the gods exist, right? And in this, they, they you know, they're they're about to sort of wreak havoc. It's it's it's. I, I'm wondering. It's just interesting to me that he chose Avatar for this because it seems to fit into the Avatar aesthetic much more than his other works. And I'm just yeah. I'm wondering if he brought this to like if he made a conscious decision to bring this to Avatar from Jump, and we'll we'll never know this. Or if he you know well, if he I, th- I think it, he I think he like, wrote eh. it a while ago. Apparently. Okay, this yeah. could have been published at Image. Mm. Yeah. Definitely though, feels a lot more like an Avatar book. It though, does. It yeah. does. Yeah. But I mean, I I wouldn't be surprised to see this uh, under the image banner. So is there something you didn't really care for, Vince, that it wasn't even on your list? No, I thought it was fun. Um, <laughs> and you're right about the, the sense of humor. I mean, I, I really like the page where uh, the president eats a gun and um, 
they're like, man, we should have seen this coming. He was having these crying fits for weeks. And then the last panel, you see this gaping hole in, in the president's head and it's smoking. You know what I mean? It, it's, it's like that black sardonic humor. Um, I, I enjoyed it. I just, I, I'm, I guess I'm just being overly cautious. I want to see where, where it, uh, where it takes me. It didn't, I'll be honest, it didn't exactly light a fire under me. It was, mm-hmm. it was fun, but, um, not something we haven't seen before. I do agree with that. And again, that's also something that kind of fascinates me a bit because Hickman in his, his greatest successes and frankly is his, you know, arguable failures or, 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 you know, not runaway hits have, have all been him attempting to do something uniquely his right mm-hmm. um and this this doesn't feel like that this feels like more like he wanted to have a little fun and just just do something a bit different and if that's what this ends up being fine cool yeah. like, you know it could, but but i'm just curious if it's just so out, unlike him and to your you know to your point chris it's also written by by costa so so maybe that's his his part of it coming yeah. into play i don't know I'm, I'm i'm definitely because i'm such a fan of uh of of and again, I'm probably, we're probably going to lose, you know, because I'm such a fan of, uh, of, of, uh, things that poke fun at, 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 at organized religion. I'm intrigued by where this could go. Um, but, uh, you know, we'll see if. I think there's something asynchronous about the story and the visuals because the, the premise of the thing is you have gods walking on earth. I mean, that, that, that scope is huge. And then the visuals are very earthy. Yeah, and, oh, right. and 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 constrained. I mean, there's there there's the there's no reach. Uh, there, there's there's nothing exceptionally. Um, and, and, and I mean, if this sounds like uh, you know I'm shitting on the artist. I'm not. I mean, that that's the man's style. But it just seems like the artwork, uh, the 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 visual aspect of it is not in tune with the uh, grandiose. Uh, premise of of these these mythical beings coming to earth and saying hey jigs up you know what i mean we're we're gods and you yeah you have to serve sure sure yeah i can definitely see what you're saying there yeah but the cover's great <laughs> again I, i'm not shitting on the hickman did the cover i mean it's just that design sensibility the man has the cover's fantastic but i i enjoyed it i don't know what else i could say it, it, if that's not a ringing endorsement more to the point, I guess, right? I enjoyed it. Yes. Well, for 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 most listeners, you saying you enjoyed it in that way means that you hated it. Cause, I, I didn't hate it. I didn't really. Usually, it's just I, that's the that's the if you're not going to say anything nice, don't say. Well, you know, I'm, yeah, I'm, that's the. I'm curious to see where they go with this. Yeah, I mean that's that's the old fallback. You Are know you I mean? Read I won't. The second issue? Sure. Oh. Yeah, I'll stick with it. Um, it to be honest, it it. Like I said, it it didn't stoke the fires like everything else I've read this week. Okay. Yeah. Cool. There you go. Uh, I've spoken my piece, y'all. Go ahead. David, what you got? Or Chris or someone other than I, me. I can go ahead, Chris. Quick. I can be quick. Yeah. Um, this is something I've been waiting for for God, a year and a half, maybe, since it first popped up um, on Amazon. And it's been in my been in my um wish list and and pre-ordered forever and then uh last week finally i got the uh love and rockets the covers mm-hmm. have you guys gotten it yet anyone 
Anyone? Well, you're cute. You're assuming that I'm ever going to get it, but oh my god! Uh, 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 you know it's. Uh, you know I'm not. This isn't. Yeah. You know it's, I'm not a loving. I mean, it's yeah. just not my thing. Why would I no, get it? But, I didn't yeah. order it. It's awesome. It's. It is. First of all, it's. Um, it's a really, really nice size. It's a. Uh, um, I guess um, absolute size in in its stature. Oh, it's that big. Oh, really. Yeah, it's uh, that's actually bigger than the absolutes by about uh, a quarter inch or so in height. Oh, shit. Um, so yeah, it's 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 big. They're, um, um, I mean, you're seeing you're seeing the art, you know, really nice and close up and, and blown up. Yeah, I should um, read the solicits a little bit closer because I didn't know it was going to be that big. Yeah, <laughs> it's it's a really um, it's a really nice size on it, and it's got. Um, I don't know if it's got all of the. I mean, it can't have all of the covers, but um, it's. I don't know the page count. Is it the point of it though? Well, uh, there was only what fifty, fifty some issues of the regular series, and then it went to um, yeah. Uh, and it's got it's got a bunch of the. I mean, there's just been so much of it in different volumes and different re- releases and collections and and all of that stuff. So uh, yeah, okay, it's got a, okay, it's got the first fifty. Oh, good. Yeah, yeah, it's got the first fifty in the front and back, or just front. It's front and back. Nice. Yeah, so so you've got you've got them in spreads as fronts and and backs, which is is very cool. So um so yeah, it's got. I guess it is all of them. Right? It's got yeah, all fifty, and then um uh, and then a bunch of the collections and and that kind of stuff. Um, it's a very interesting mix of some of them. It will just show um the front cover. Uh, and the back cover. Some of them it'll show the front cover and back cover, and then um, a piece of you know the actual original art in in several instances, and then they'll they'll show it without um, you know without the um, the cover treatment on them and with the cover treatment. So you get a lot of nice variations um, with them. Now my my all time favorite cover, which David likes to uh, remind me of whenever I'm. <laughs> Um, praising other whenever, covers. Yeah, whenever you have a brain fart. Yes. My all-time favorite comic book cover is Love and Rockets number 24. And we get the, uh, the, the deluxe presentation on it. We get the, the colored art without the cover treatment. We get the, uh, uh, the actual cover blown up with the, all of the, the lettering and everything. And then a really nice reproduction of the original art. Where you can see all the brush strokes and and the whiteout and it's see that makes me it's curious. Awesome. It's I'm awesome. I'm wondering if that was done as uh, a reaction to the tastes of the fans of the book, or if Jaime actually thinks that's his best cover. Um, because I don't know. I've never. I mean, I'm sure he's talked about it in interviews, but I don't remember. I don't recall yeah. reading anything. It, it's mm-hmm. it's one of the, it's one of the covers that he talks about because it happened as a happy accident. It it just started. He he was he drew a foot and he didn't like lay the cover out. He started by drawing a foot on stage and and then it just kind of the the entire cover grew out of that. And and he talks about that as as being just one of those you know really happy art accidents. And um, he was guided. You know, I, th- I think it, it, yeah, he says, uh, uh, and okay, here's the other cool thing. In the back, it has, um, uh, a, a thumbnail of each cover with, uh, with notes. And, Ooh, uh, God and damn so it. 
So it's number 24, front cover. Uh, just one of those happy accidents that I had uh, to turn in real quick for a deadline. I think I remember starting with Terry's left foot. If you'll notice in the original, uh, he's got the, because they have the original art. Uh, if you notice in the original, I straightened Terry's guitar neck and shortened Hopi's bass neck. Um, and so, yeah, so they just have little notes and, and that kind of stuff. So it, it gets... Um, not not super in depth, but it does it does have little little nods in there. It's just it's a really really nice art book. And then one of the cool things I didn't even notice it at first is that you get the book and the front cover has this really nice plastic cover. And I'm like, oh, are they do- uh, like a, a a plastic covering over the front? front cover i'm like oh are they doing that instead of a dust jacket to protect the to protect the cover and and then it moved and i noticed that the cover all of a sudden was out of registration so what it is it's a it's a plastic slip that goes over the the front cover and the plastic is the black and white like line art of the cover with the with the type treatment and mm. then the front cover is actually just the flatted coloring love so, that love it's that really really nice from a production and graphic design and printing standpoint how much so, was that book it's not that expensive um it was 35 bucks god damn it it's really nice they um fanographics again did a did a great job and you know it just it's something that that sits next to my you know art of jaime hernandez and my you know locus and palomar books and you know it's a a greater appreciation for love and rockets all the time you're gonna be getting a phone call from my Mm. wife in about a week Ah. yeah Mm -hmm. so there you go yeah yeah it's yeah because i ordered too much from amazon as it is and when she sees another book on it i'm gonna say hey Call Chris. Ah, it's Chris's he fault. Made me get it. This one, this one, this Vince. I think you in particular. You will, um, you will study the the covers. You've never seen them this big before. Mm-hmm. Um, for true. Uh, the majority of them, they're they're really blown up. The um, the paper quality is you know nerdtastic for for paper nerds like us um the the reproduction the coloring is is great on it it's just it's it's as these covers should be presented and yeah. you know what's nice about it is that i mean this stuff what it started 80 82 80, 80 84 uh, i'm thinking so more towards 84 yeah, you probably. Know, yeah, around there. It's funny because they they have a picture. It's it, it's and it's all of the it's all of the brothers. It's it's Jaime, Gilbert, and Mario because Mario did covers as well. Yep. Um, they've got a great picture of them in 1984. Um, and and you get to just just like reading the collections, you get to see the evolution of the artist. You get to see Jaime's covers in 1984. And Jaime's color or covers in in the two thousands and, you know, and the same with so Gilbert. Like, Gilbert. What the frig were you smoking on half of those covers? <laughs> Gilbert, um, he stretches. <laughs> Gilbert, Gilbert has um, he's got he's got a look and yeah. he's yeah. He saved a lot of the experimentation for the back covers, which yeah. some of them are wacky. Oh god, but they're great. Yeah, Gil- um, Gilbert's awesome. There's. Yeah. Gilbert covers. That's one of the reasons why I didn't order it was because if, I mean, I have all the singles, right? If I ever want to see the covers, I could just pull them out. But I, number one, I did not know it was oversized. 
Yeah. And there seems to be a lot of extra stuff in there, and I'm sh- just going to get it. And just the, you know, the reproduction, once again, the reproduction qualities, the, the colors are as you would want to see them. I mean, they're really, they're not oversaturated. They're just very vibrant. It, it's colored properly. It's, it's not, it's not overdone. It's just as, you know, it's, it's archival quality. It's yeah. how, it's how they're supposed to look. And, you know, it's, I've seen, I don't, I don't own Love and Rockets number 24 because whenever I see it, it it's, it's, it's usually faded and, and kind of tattered uh-huh. and that's, and that's not how I want to look at that cover because I have it in, in different, you know, in different forms to look at it. Um, I would rather look at it oversized and, and colored how it should be as opposed to, you know, kind of a tattered old faded comic version. Yeah, so, you would. Yeah. So, so there you go. Um, nice. Love and Rockets, the covers, fanographics, it's, uh, 35 bucks. And if you are a fan of any of, uh, the, the Hernandez brothers, you should, uh, you should get this. Why wouldn't, any, yeah. why, why wouldn't you be a fan? What kind of a person wouldn't be a fan of those men? <laughs> I don't right? know. Jeez. <laughs> Unheard of. And if you can still get it, still to this day, one of my favorite art books is the art of of Jaime Hernandez. I think it's one of the one of the best art books that um, um, that, that's been that's been put out. So. That's from Abrams. Abrams, yes, yes, absolutely, and it's it is it is fantastic. I'm going to have a new art book um, um, to talk about next week. It, didn't, it hasn't come in yet, so it should be in the post tomorrow. Ooh, a, you, te- a teaser, seriously. It's Ooh, a good one. It's one of the reels. Jason will like it for sure. Ooh, nice. Be some, well, there's going to be some Avengers in there. Ooh, ooh. oh yeah. Oh, I know what it book. is. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> cool. That's the hotness. It's my dog, Big John. Hotness. Can't wait. That's my dog. <laughs> I think David should go. I think so too. Uh, I um, I read a funky little six issue miniseries. What? What? Uh, what? What? It was um, it is, it's. Uh, based on a show that's that, that that's near and dear, it's uh, I, I read the six issues of Adventure Time, Fiona and Kate. Yeah. Oh yeah, sunka sunka now. <laughs> uh, You're she, not the only one, boo. I know, boo. She she um it it is a uh, it if 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 you like the uh, the fanfic from from that episode, you'll pretty much. Enjoy the hell out of this story. It's all, it's, it's, it's one long story, uh, all six issues with, with a couple of, um, backups here and there. Um, it is written and illustrated by Natasha Allegri, uh, Allegri, the letters, Britt Wilson, and you have, um, and, and the backups by a few different folks and, and a whole, and this is why I love, um, getting, books on uh digitally is because you get all just about all the covers um but the uh it 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 really did feel like um feel like an extension of of that episode it it it's not um nothing really felt off about it the uh the there were times where Fiona didn't look as in air quotes, fine as she did in the cartoon, but uh, <laughs> creepy. But, <laughs> but no, I uh, and and you could hear cake just like you know the way you would expect to. Um, you know what it is? What the socks? 
Mm-hmm. It's the socks, dude. And the waist. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the socks, definitely. But yeah, when, when she's all in the, uh, in the long underwear for, for, for part of the story, it's like, well, who's, who's, what's with this lump? But no, it's, it's, um. And somewhere, <laughs> a name just got added to a list. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, no, it, it is, uh, it, it is absolutely a, um, it, it, it was great. And, and because that one, uh, 12 minute episode, you didn't, you saw, Everybody's um, gender bender doppelganger at, at at the intro, but we never really saw um, Fiona interact with Marshall Lee, and right. he plays a pretty big role in this book. Um, it's it's not super Ice Queen heavy, um, but you know she's there. Um, Lumpy Sprays Prince is it was a little, <laughs> little porn thirteen year old mustache trying to grow in. It was it was just I mean it, it really was it was it, it was a great and and it what I what I really liked is um, how even though there's a few panels per page um, the word balloons are huge but that's because everybody speaks in 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 a different mm-hmm. font. Um, uh, Prince Gumball has uh has has like uh the cursive script and and um and, and everybody is just you know not, just, uh, some block letters and 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 but it's so everybody has a distinct or, or or unique voice as as much as you can on on the printed page but um you know there's still it it no it really if if you if you enjoyed that episode I think you'll enjoy this mini series and 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 if you enjoy Adventure Time, then yeah, this is still more the same. But it's not. Uh, it it really. It's unique. Also, it, it it's its own thing because I don't really think you could have this same story told with Finn and Jake. It 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 kind of right. is just. It, it's its own story. It belongs to. Fiona and Cake, you're not you're, you're not going to just roll reverse. You're not going to you know do a Star Trek into darkness with this issue. Yes, I'm just going to say whether you know it or not. I'm sure you do. You're playing into the theme of this episode, right? Yep. So it's, it's true it, in a weird yeah. No, we started off with the um, uncanny into darkness, and now this. They're all variations on a theme. You're right. Yeah, I mean, cool. I would I would say Kaboom is is doing a great job with. Uh, with with uh, the Adventure Time adaptations, for real, yeah. Um, you know, it's funny the the thing I, I you Ice Queen is uh, far more legitimately evil than Ice King, I think. Right, he has a sympathetic uh, put up sympathetic. Yeah, he just wants to hang with his boy. Yeah, yeah. she kind of she's just bad, just yeah, bad. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, but uh, no, I mean this was terrific. I I, I mean. Dave and I both read this like giddy school kids uh, this week, and uh, covers are awesome. I read yeah, too. the covers are great. I love the one that's like an homage for Super Mario Brothers, like the, the power. <laughs> yes, up. yes. Um, but uh, yeah, I just I, you know, it's just uh, again, it's one of those things where um, Pendleton Ward is such a distinctive voice, and you would think that it would be difficult for other people to be able to um, capture that essence, particularly in a uh, in a static illustration versus. The cartoon, but uh, but they they do all do a great job. I mean, whoever I don't know who's in charge of of getting these creators to to do these books. Like whether it, Ward is 
got his hands in that or not, or if it's just all boom people. But but whoever is 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 in charge of that has done a great great job. I mean, even like the sour candy um, little mini, which was you know involving yeah, candy capers, yeah, you know, w- was was great. I mean, uh, you can just hear the voices. You can just hear him saying, "Let the games begin." You know, you can just like <laughs> you can just hear him in his voice. It's just I don't know. I just think it's really really well done. Um, and uh, well, Pendleton Ward has surrounded himself with disgustingly talented people, right? Uh, not the least of which is Michael DeForge. And uh, oh yeah, for the yeah, show, yeah, congrats to him on the uh, massive Ignatz win. Um, but yeah, he just brings in great people to, to design exceptionally uh, vivid characters, and he seems to have a. I don't know how much involvement, like Jason said, he has on this Kaboom stuff, but I, I would assume it's pretty substantial. I mean, because they're all of a certain quality and it's high, right? What what I what I think is awesome, and it it became a lot more clear to me at at Baltimore Comic Con when we were um when Jason was getting his jam pieces done, and and I was watching the folks over at uh, basically that that comprised the station, and between. Their work and the 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 creators working on especially uh, Adventure Time, but the Kaboom line of books. These are artists who you would probably have to see either online doing their web comic or in the Village Voice or doing something a labor of love for them that may not have a lot of eyes on it just because of the subject matter. But here you have between. Adventure Time, Bravest Warriors, even My Little Pony, you have these artists who, they're, they're not going to work on big two books and they probably don't want to, right. but at least their work is being seen. At least, hopefully, maybe kids are going to recognize these artists or their names and follow them and, and be able to have just watch them see where else, what other books, what other work they do, and then just, you know, cultivate the fans from there i i think that you know i'm glad that we're not getting um you know it it it's i i'm glad say mike norton isn't drawing adventure time because somebody else who has a, a different style that fits the series that fits the cartoon has a chance to take this ball and run with yeah. it yeah i gotta say though being um a kaboom fan is damn expensive. Yes, it is. Because, I mean, everything they publish is, um, at least of the shows that we like, Adventure Time, um, Regular Show, Bravest Warriors, they're so good that you have Adventure Time, which is an industry in itself. I mean, just the, the main book has the, the annual and the special and the cover book. Then you get the spinoffs. Which are three ninety nine a pop, and they're good. And then, like regular show, now we got a Skips mini series coming out, which I'm sure will be really good because the regular show book is great. Bravest Warriors is three ninety nine. Man, it's not cheap to be a fan of this stuff. But it's what I'm saying is, in a long winded way, it's worth it. The books are great, so I, I don't hesitate to plunk that three ninety nine down per book. Uh, well, or you could do what David and I did and buy the ninety nine cent. Digital copies on the uh, Comicsology sale. See, that's the and thing. I want. The yeah, I want hard copies of those. Mm. Well, you're just silly. Then you buy the collection. But as uh, evidenced by the Adventure Time collections, they don't have the back matter in the collections. They don't put the the supplemental stories in the in the oversized collection. 
Oh. To, to David's point about, uh, you know, the, some of the creators involved, you know, getting a chance to shine here, you know, Danielle Corsetto. Yeah. Um, of Girls with Slingshots, who God, I mean, we probably met her, what, in the, at the, the, way back at like the first, the early aughts. CGS, like, with that, like 100 or, I mean, back when she really was, actually, I, I think the first amendment was at a wild pig sale because she's friends with, uh, the owner of Wild Pig. She's, uh, writing the, um, the first OGN, the Adventure Time OGN with Flame Princess. Yep. Oh, and, and it was great. Which oh, I, it's I, out already. Oh, it's been out. Yeah, second one's coming out. Wait a minute, I thought I she wrote. It she must wrote be the, in my Rajana pile then, because I I didn't. Yeah, I'm sure I, I ordered it. I read it like a month ago. Oh, was it good? It's great. Okay, and, and but I was a little hesitant because it's in black and white, and one oh. of, one of the draws of Adventure Time is the it's the, color. the color. But no, it's a great little story. Yeah, yeah. Art, art's great too, and and forgive me for not knowing who did it because it's on the other side of the room, and I don't want to pull the microphone out but mm. yeah it's really good and uh, the second one was solicited last previews and Baffled. and it's danielle corsetto again writing it i'm sure i ordered it, it must be sitting in my regime there you go yeah. i hate there you magic, go. man i it, it one of the greatest things i saw i think over the weekend was um i don't know who did it and and props to whoever did but they they did a mashup they did a remix of of uh Bacon pancakes with <laughs> with Empire State of Mind. It's just awesome. <laughs> Holy shit! I love this show. <laughs> this baffles me why I have to put a passcode in when I don't want to. Where and what? The new the new iOS iOS seven. It, oh. it made me put a passcode in. Yeah, I'm not doing that. I hate that. But it, I mean, oh, it's nice. It's sleek, man. I like it a lot. I've got, I've got a. Okay, here's a tech question. Um, I have a 4GS. You have a 4S. 4S. That's 4S, yeah, yeah. 4S. Um, is is iOS 7 going to brick my phone? Nope. Because nope. I'm using it, bro. Worked on mine too. Oh, you really? guys already have it working? Yeah. Yeah. What do you think? I like it. It's different. I I finally changed uh, my whole will screen it, wallpaper. Um, will, will, it, will it will it do the update wirelessly, or do I have to hook it up to my computer? I that? would. I well, right now it's Wednesday evening. It just came out today. I you may want to hook it up to the computer. Don't I, don't you I, dare do it tonight, though. If you what? if you're gonna have storms and and possibility of power outages, don't do it. Yeah. Oh, it it stopped. It stopped. Oh, you, okay. You can, yeah. You can. I I started downloading it at work wirelessly, and and it was it was fine. But um, yeah, it was just. And I finished it when I came home. I plugged it in, so it would um. Wouldn't work for me at work. No, you shouldn't use it at work. You no, I couldn't. I couldn't update at work. Something, something. I got an error message saying uh, network issues uh, incompatible with the the update. Oh uh, wow! Reboot and try it again. Reboot it and try it again. I'm, I'm Didn't work. Trusting you guys then. Yeah. Make sure you have three gigs free. I, had to, I yeah, I had to get rid of some. I had to back up some photos and get rid of some temporarily delete some apps so I could uh, get regain some space. I love my iPhone. Jason loves my iPhone because he can get me all the time. Yeah, I thought I could get you on the Dude, time. I or, reply to you yeah. all the time. <laughs> Shit. Jeez. I got something that I yeah, I, I want to talk about this because... Mike, is, is this your in your travels? No, this is my thing. Yeah, dude, listen, Two if you hours. would like to do your in your travels, dude, you could do your in your travels and then we're going to keep talking. <laughs> we got it. We, we got, got it. lots to talk about. This, I mean, 
Strength it's, two, it's two hour show. Strength two to strength with this company. They, they have not put out a bad book yet. And you're ba- losing your in your travel it privileges. It baffles me because if I thought Valiant could make this kind of a comeback, I, I never expected these books to be this good. Never. Um, yeah, you know, you can never go home again and all that. I think these books are for me. I'm just, just personally. Uh, I think the the new Valiant is as good, as exciting to me as the old Valiant. I love them, right across the board. And uh, this week I read Eternal Warrior number one, and you know who wrote it? Yes, the dude that <laughs> that uh, penned what is uh, pretty much arguably the Hulk's finest hour. Mr. Greg Pack. Mr. Greg Pack wrote this. Mm-hmm. It was illustrated by Trevor Harrison. Hair, really? hair sign, Trevor Hair sign, yes. Really? Yep, and it's awesome. Uh, cover art by Brian Reber, but the jaw-dropping thing about this book, uh, one, of, one of the other jaw-dropping things is the cover by okay. Clay, Clayton Crane. I think that this cover, that's the you main... love Clayton Crane. It's the main cover. I do love Clayton Crane, but the the man can be stiff at times. And and he can be hampered by the digital at times. I want I'm going on the record saying Eternal Warrior, his cover for this book is a classic in the making. The composition is Frazetta level. Whoa. Yeah. Look at the co- it is a brilliant cover. It says everything about Gilad you have to know. Look, that is mad brain. Do you have a co- have this is a sweet looking cover? But look at, I mean, you, you have this rampaging warrior in the thick of battle, surrounded by enemies, armored enemies. He's wading into battle, stripped to the waist, doesn't give a shit, savage as hell. The, the, the color on this cover is perfect. Storm clouds, dark grays. Look at, look at the glint of, ar- of, of light on the armor. It's just an amazing cover. And you go by the composition, that's, what Frazetta would have done. Everything draws your eye right to Gilad. Everything. The, the, the weapons are breaking your eye from falling off the page. It's a circular motion. Right all, you see, you, you go down his sword arm to that dude with the broken staff. His, the staff pushes your eye down to the guy on the bottom with the sword at an angle, which pushes your eye to the, 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 uh, mass of dead bodies, which brings it back up. It's it's just it's an awesome awesome cover. Look at it; it's just fantastic. It's one of the best covers I've seen. Contemporary covers, I'll give it that. But um, well, there's too much brown for me to go that far. Really? Yeah. It's earthy, right? Yeah, but it, but but it 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 blends in with with his enemies. It just it it's it works. I'm not. I mean, it, it's. Look at the expression on his face. That's savage, man. His hair's whipping in the wind. Look at the arrows yeah, flying by him. Best Conan. No, it, it is. It's it's it is a it's a sweet looking cover, and there's and and there's depth to it, and and there's action, and yeah, I mean, it, yeah. it, it blows. It blows anything I've seen him do as far as carnage covers go. Bloodstained. Blood oh yeah, sure. Yeah. I, and I will say his cover for issue two nowhere near as as accomplished as this. Okay. It's a good cover, but this, this isn't a class. It doesn't look like there were a uh, hell of a lot of shortcuts taken on the cover. Oh, the detail. Man. Portal, yeah, it's hard into it. Yeah. 
the battlefield's all bloodstained. It's a crazy cover. I love it. It's, it's got motion. It's great. And, you know, Brown didn't hurt Frizzetta at all. <laughs> that, that guy did a lot with Brown. But, uh, no, it's, it's, um. Airsign doing his best old school text. No, but yeah, the art's great too. Uh, in a nutshell, I mean, the premise is, is Eternal Warrior. You, you have Gilad Anipada, and I can't say that, that, that name makes me so happy to say that. It does. Uh, he's wading into bat. That's what the Eternal Warrior does. He, he's immortal. He, uh, lives to fight and fights to live, right? He, but in this, he's got a son and a daughter. And, uh, when this issue opens, they're, they're going to wage war against this death cult of Nurgle. And, uh, the, the, uh, they're being marked for battle. And, uh, so, uh, Gilad and his son, Mitu, are, are gonna go off. And his daughter pops up. And Gilad's like, what are you doing? You're not, you're not going to fight. That's not your place. And she's like, fuck you. I'm going to fight. I, I got to kill these people. They're, 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 they're sad. They're nasty. They're, they should die. And he's like, you are not going to fight. So, um, the, the death cult soldiers are all hopped up on the dope. They're berserkers and they're huge. And at one point in the battle, uh, Galad and company get flanked and it does not look too good for them. They, they, they kind of, resolve themselves to yeah I guess this is it for us you know and the daughter saves the day wades into battle on this gigantic elephant and she's tromping on the the berserkers and she basically you know turns the tide of battle and um then she points the elephant towards the death cult's um encampment and Galad's like what are you doing that's populated by children and, and women the the battle's over we won not cut it out and she's like no way we didn't we don't win until they're all dead and she 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 prepares to tromp on on these in well innocents in quotes if you're you're a member of the death cult of nurgle i don't think you're you know a true innocent but uh so push comes to shove she flings a spear at her father and and being immortal it doesn't do too much to him but she kills her brother because he was, but, uh, Gilad positions himself to save his son, and in doing so, the spear goes through both of them. So she, oh, she, man. she kills her brother, and then that kind of breaks Gilad's resolve. He's done. No more fighting. Uh uh-uh, uh, I'm not doing it anymore. I'm gonna go on walkabout. I, yeah, I'm, he, 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 uh, he, he goes off on his own after a, a period of time. He still fights after that, but that kind of like squashes that drive that he had. And towards the end of the book, we see him and he's in a cabin in the in the boonies all by himself uh, with his dog, Me Too. And um, that's where the issue ends because something happens to pull him back into it. And it was fantastic. It's, it's, it's Greg Pack, so you, you can just, you can, uh, if, if the memory of Planet Hulk lingers, this is, is, is up there. I mean, it's just, as an introductory, I thought it was a perfect first issue. You, you get everything you need to know to, to sit down at this table and enjoy a nice long meal with, with, uh, the Eternal Warrior. It's great. Uh, Harrison, David said, I, David said, oh, who drew that when he knew I was reading it? I said, Tre- Trevor Harrison. David said, eh, we'll be good for a couple issues, Dad. This is oh, this be beautiful looking two and a half issues. Oh, the battle's fantastic. Just carnage, bloodshed. It's, it's animated. It, heads getting lopped off, blood sprayed all over. It's, 
it's fitting. It's the eternal warrior. You know, that's what he does. And what he does is kill very well. Get this. Valiant. Very surprising. <laughs> no, I mean, every one has been great to date. Every single one has, has been am amazingly well done. Do you guys agree? Are you reading this stuff? I'm so yes. I told you, I'm so it's far behind. That's all. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm, I've, I'm enjoy I've enjoyed every bit of the stuff I've read so far, but I'm just really far behind. So I, I just, yeah, I need to catch up. Ah, yes, I'm, I'm loving Shadow Man the best, but I think this, if the, if Pack continues the 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 streak that begun by this first issue, I'm gonna I'm gonna go with Eternal Warriors, my favorite. Wow. Yeah, it's Archer, great. Archer and Armstrong still good. Awesome. Really good. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I read that stuff in trade eventually. Yeah. EXO so. is great. Now they got Unity coming out. Come on. U N I T Y. Gotta let them know. You know who's writing Unity? Uh, Jay Tomio? <laughs> no, David, why don't you tell him? <laughs> who's writing Unity? Matt Chris Priest? Matt Kent. Oh, that's right. Oh, good for Matt. Good for Matt. Dude, Kent is a. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Matt and. Matt is, and like Lemire are like writing half the DC universe these days. There's nothing wrong with that. No, but I'm saying it's crazy because like, you know, like it's like, like the two indie kings are like taking over. It's it's nuts. I did part of my extracurricular um, assignment this week, and I I started mind management. That's good. Atta boy. Yeah, that's good stuff. It's awesome. Yeah, it's it's really freaking badass, dude. Yeah. I talked to Matt this week, actually, and telling him how much I'm looking forward to seeing him in New York. Look He's going to bring you. his lovely wife to the con hey. this time. So, yeah. I've been getting hard at work getting my, my art uh, situation lined up for the show. So, Oh, and David, uh, your boy Dan your Daniel Govar, I, uh, I, I get him to do a commission for me after the uh, stunning work he did on the jam. So, Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, I've, got, so. I've got a I've got a Matt Kent original in my uh, in my bathroom. Well, that's yes, you do. Yeah, that's right. I think about Matt every time I take a crap. <laughs> oh boy, what is I it? Have an awesome um, Matt Kent assembled page. He did um, he did uh, a commission for me of um, Stan Musial. So it's like a 1940s baseball player, you know, as done by Matt Kent. It's really good. Yeah. It's, that's very appropriate. Style's perfect for that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And he's a Cardinal fan, so. My man is amazing, dude. I'm t uh, he, I don't feel like he's getting his just due because my management is amazing, and as I talked about at length on the show, Red Handed is is still my pick for OGN of the year. I, I think it's. I need phenomenal. to read that. I need to read. Oh, that. you do, dude. Yeah. It's freaking good, and you love crime. It's it's. I mean, it's yeah. as crime comics go. It's it's right up there. Two things about my management. Number one, you can't half-ass it. You have no. you have to pay attention to everything yeah. when you read that book. It's not it's not a sleepy time book. No 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 no. Uh, case in point, this, the cover for the second issue, I just breezed by it. I'm like, okay, oh, you really? dude, dude's got That's stitches. Awesome. All right, and then and then um, I didn't finish the issue, uh, and I, I went to do something, so I I wanted to start it again because I wasn't too far into it, maybe five pages, and I went back to the cover, and as the iPad was sitting there. I'm like, wait a minute, there's freaking words in those stitches. And that, that's when I saw it, right? But, and, and number two, you gotta read the single issues. You have to. If yeah. You, the, the, the back matter and the other stories, he, he said, um, coming from a guy that almost exclusively, well, up until the point of him doing this, he wrote, 
his thing was OGNs, right? To do a monthly book, he wanted to make every issue worth reading, so he loaded it up with back matter. And there's like a there's a a, a code or um, a, like a game on the back cover that you have to get these code numbers, which I didn't do yet, obviously, because I don't know the specifics. You have to look at the back covers, find the code, go online, you get more stuff from the series. Did you guys do any of that? Yeah, absolutely. Dude, the thing is about Kent, and this is what's interesting to me, because admittedly, based on our talk last week, people know that I, you know, I haven't been keeping up with most of the DCU of late. So, um, so I, I don't, I, I really can't speak to what Matt's done in the DCU. I, I haven't read it, um, despite of loving him. Um, but the, f- the thing I find most interesting about Matt doing so much at DC versus, say, Jeff, you know, who, who we know, as much as Jeff is, I think, fantastic at his doing his own stuff and, you know, Essex County was such a masterpiece right out of the gates. Uh, as we know from having known Jeff for a bunch of years, he was always a big DCU fan. You know, oh, yeah. he, he loved the character. So, so it never struck me as a huge leap to have him start writing those books and having other people draw them. Um, I don't know that Matt was ever as big a fan. And, 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 but more to the point, you know, I've had several conversations over the years with Matt about the creative process. And he is self, he's, he, he, he's, he would readily admit that he is obsessive, compulsive, and a control freak when it comes to that kind of thing. Like he does all of his own, um, uh, trade dress. Um, all of his own typography. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he he's he's he basically controls every aspect of all of his books. Um, the marketing, the packaging, everything is him. And and he said because he just he's just obsessive about it getting done right. You know, and he's worried about having someone else do it and not being the way he envisioned. So it's it's fascinating to me that a person like that that's so you know that so clearly needs to have such a major hand in all aspects of his work to be able to let let go right and 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 basically just be a scripter for a book that's you know drawn and inked and lettered and colored and published published and marketed by other people so i'm wondering if that was a difficult transition for him or not i haven't had a chance to talk to my i'm gonna ask him in new york but um but but something like my management is so very much his own and Mm -hmm. you can just see the love you know you can see the passion that he has for it yeah and and his 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 artistic style, you know, again, it, it's very distinctive, and and I'm a humongous fan of it, um, you know, and and I can totally understand people that that may not groove on it because it's you know it's it, it's it's very, um, uh, you know, it's 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 non traditional certainly. Stripped down, stripped yeah. down. Yeah, yeah, but 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 I think that the thing that I think really comes through with his work or Jeff's work or or like Jeffrey Brown, who I read something of this past week. They have very simplistic styles, like from a draftsman perspective, but man, it really lets you understand how important storytelling is to, to mm-hmm. sequential art. Because, oh, yeah. because what they, what, what the visuals may lack in terms of sort of eye catching, like, um, yeah. yeah, I mean, they, 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 you strip all that away and they're still such evocative storytellers. And so it's everything I said about Sweet Tooth. Is that, yeah, yeah it's, it's well paced it's, and it's emotional yeah. and it resonates and, yes. and, and, and it's just, and, and again, I, I don't want to, I, I can't remember the last time I sat down a Jim Lee comic. I was just going to say Jim Lee. I was going to say, that's what I was, I was just about to say is Jim yeah. Lee is beautiful. I mean, he's, he's like almost like a, a porcelain doll or like a supermodel. When you look at the artwork, it's almost too pretty. You can't even believe that, 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 that beings can exist that physically perfect. But it lacks the 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 emotional quotient that that 
draws you in, at least for me. I'm, I'm sure many other people find it. No, I think you're right. A detail, yeah. detail is not the thing that tells the story. It, enhance, yeah. it enhances the story or um, adds some kind of depth, but without that storytelling ability like a Lemire or Matt Kent, it's just, it's just noodling, right? Where Jim Lee noodles very well and the pictures are beautiful, but when you string them all together, Kent's the far superior storyteller. Yes. In, in, in every respect, he's not an emotional artist. He's he is probably he's if not the best, he's he's in the top three draftsmen maybe of all time in comics. You know, it's just like pure skill as a draftsman. But you, you look at what what Matt and 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 what uh, what Jeff and you know hell even Jeffrey Brown the the amount of emotion that that kind of drips out of their pages, and it's because they're. You know, you know, Crumb, Crumb did that. You know, it's it's you know it, anyone that that Harvey Pekar had work on on American Splendor, um, you know, they all emote with their art very well. Yep. Mm-hmm. You know how I would rank above um, Jim Lee in terms of beautiful sculpted. Um, you, you 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 if you want to use that draftsman. Um, yeah. I th- I, let me guess. Um, Contempor- I, contemporary, contemporary. Oh, contem- well, I, was, I would have said Neil Adams. Well, uh, no, I mean that, yeah. But um, uh, one of the cats working today, I think, it has it all over Jim Lee as uh, as as a draftsman. Yep. Um, Chung. Yep. Yeah. Exactly, yeah, Jim dog. Chung. Jim Chung yeah. is. I I, th- I think Chung really Chung is a better storyteller. It hurts my heart looking at his art. It really me does. Too. It actually hurts my heart that I don't own any of his art yet. It's yeah. uh, uh, putting aside the sketch you guys got for me. Um, it, uh, it, uh, it, it's, uh, <sighs> and I keep feeling like you know my my apprehension of spending the prices as they currently go is only going to get like all things artistic. I'm yeah. going to regret it more and more because two, three years from now it's going to be even more, and ten years from now it's gonna, you know it's not like it's going to get cheaper. Yeah. Like his art's not getting cheaper. <laughs> it, it, it's like it's like whenever I could, whenever I could have bought X Men number one. Yeah, exactly. For, no, precisely. For, for, yeah, for four hundred dollars, I'm like, wow, that's a lot of money. I mean, realistically, Jim Chung is the young guy in his prime. He's he, his artwork is not going to cease being popular yep. or collectible. So, and both of them have the same, um, ironically, have the same. I don't want to call it a failing. Um, stylistic ticks like there's a there's a Jim Lee woman. That we've all seen many times. Chung has that same tendency. Like a lot of his characters look kind of the same. Like when Chung draws a woman, it's a Chung woman. Which that that's not a, a detriment to the style, but they have those stylistic similarities, like in common, where you can tell uh, when Jim Lee draws Lois Lane, that's a Jim Lee woman. We've seen that in X Men. We've seen that in every book that it, you know, uh, in in like uh, in Wildcats. That's that template. Chung has that too, but that doesn't make them bad draftsmen. It's just that they 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 have that similarity. Yeah, Chung is ah, uh, he's good. He's disgustingly good. You should you should, yeah yeah you should you should try and find something um, that he draws at DCBS. <laughs> or you can pick up pick up the first issue of Infinity off the work off the. Or you can say what your travels are, Chris, so that we can let you retire, and then we'll continue to. Talk. You guys, you guys are you guys are going to hang around, huh? I yes, I do. I have to go to bed. I have to get up and run. I I I hurt my leg a couple weeks ago, and I'm just getting back into my running routine oh, now. No. So 
So I have to go to bed and then get up, and the dogs. What did you hurt? Um, I I partially tore my calf playing softball. Jesus, that's not cool. I'm good. I'm all good now. That's good. So, but yeah, I'm getting old. Is what it is. Old and broken down. Nowhere near Um, old. So I will do my um, in your travels. I um, which is going to build off my in, in your travels from last week. I think I did the Elwell Enigma. Yes. The uh, the Rick Geary um, book. Yes, you did. You yes, did. Um, yes. R- read that in your travels again. And um, if you didn't get it, that's um, that's a bummer um, because I got a great email. Um, uh, Kickstarter blast email. Uh, part of the the stretch goals was that you got a PDF of uh, a bunch of his old murder stories, like some dating back to like 1980, um, like little two and three page murder stories. That, I mean, he's been doing this for you know, what is it, you know 30 plus years now um, of of these little oddball oddball murder stories. And so um, yeah, it was a 24 page PDF of of old. And not so old Rick Geary work, which was awesome. So it was a great Kickstarter and he has another Kickstarter and it looks amazing and I cannot wait to get it. I might actually get two because I'm going to have to give my right wing neocon uncle one for Christmas. Uh, Rick Geary's latest Kickstarter project is called A is for Antichrist and it is an alphabet book, you know, like the A is for Apple, B is for, you know, uh, bus, C is for cat, but th- these, it is an alphabet book, but each letter of the alphabet is represented by a, um, uh, a conspiracy, um, theorist, um, uh, view of Obama and, uh, uh, different conspiracies about him. So. It's, uh, it's, it's, it's hilarious and awesome. So just look up A is for Antichrist on Kickstarter. Take a look and I'm, I may get two of them because it looks that, it looks that wow. awesome. Okay. So, cool. Yes. Yes. I think it's done very, very tongue in cheek. Mm-hmm. So, you know, like L is for lizard because there's a, a theory out there that Obama is actually uh, a giant demon lizard king. <laughs> <laughs> you just made Zach Cousy laugh. I know. Oh, I know. It's, yeah. it's amazing. It's amazing. Yeah. It, it looks. It looks absolutely fantastic. So, yeah. Good old Rick Geary. David I, Ike. It's. Uh, yeah. That. Well, that's another guy. You know, we talk about draftsmen and, and, and Geary. Um, his stuff may not be the, um, you know, the absolute most, you know, pretty stuff to look at. You know, I actually I like his line. Oh, I think um, so. Yeah, I think his line's yeah. very pretty. Yeah, his line is very pretty, but you know, it's not that, that tight, super draftsman line. I mean, it's, um, it's, it's, it's a unique, it's a unique art style. Yeah. Um, it, it borders on, on like, you know, the, the indie and, you know, almost, almost woodcut. It's doughy. It's doughy. It's yeah. doughy. Great, it's a great way to describe it. You want to just great. pinch his characters yeah. and you know that they would be spongy. Yeah, they would go, hee hee. Yeah. Um, yeah, and he captures he captures old very well. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of these stories, you know, take their period pieces and and that kind of stuff. So he captures that very well. So yeah, I'm I've I've started to become a a big Rick Geary fan. Um, and the, it goes back to read uh, uh, the Beast of uh, Beast of Chicago. If you're a fan of Devil in the White City or just a history buff or you know a, a fan of good serious, comics, well serial 
killer buff whatever you know gets into some some freaky stuff but yeah it was a really really interesting you know a true uh not even true he doesn't he doesn't take you know hardly you know any uh artistic license i mean these are they're very much like you know crime tv um documentaries it's the it's it's just the facts ma'am which almost to a point hurts the storytelling a little bit because it can get very dry and like elwell enigma is a story about an unsolved murder, and at the end of it, there's no resolution. It's basically like, and the murder was never solved. It's like, uh, okay. I'm curious as to what his association with NBM is, because I would think someone of Rick Geary's caliber would work with a bigger publisher. And he, and he's been doing stuff with NBM for a while, right? Well, I mean, it's especially with this with this next Kickstarter, it, Rick Geary is is publishing his own work now, and ah. it's. I mean, that's uh-huh. what. Uh, I mean, Elwell Enigma was a Kickstarter project. I don't know if it's going to go anywhere after this, mm-hmm. um, or if there there will be um, a soft cover printed. But yeah, like A for Antichrist is like he just finished Elwell Enigma. I mean, I just got it like. You know, two weeks ago or a week and a half ago, and he's got another Kickstarter that just started. So um, I think he's one of those guys that's like he's got enough of a following that if he knocks out like two or three books a year and they're all crowdsourced, he can probably make you know scrape together a, a half-ass decent living. Yeah, would be, would be my guess. You know, yeah. well, I mean, Elwell Enigma. I, you know, I don't know the, I, I forget the, the final tally on it. But I mean, it didn't. It, I mean, it wasn't, you know, anything more than I don't know, like twenty thousand dollars or, or something like that. Mm-hmm. It wasn't, uh, you know, a super, a super big. I mean, it wasn't like a seventy thousand Kickstarter or whatever. But if but, he does three Kickstarters a year, at twenty plus thousand, that's well, yeah, not but, a great yeah, living, but, but it's yeah. a decent living. Well, it's, I mean, it's a, depending it's, on where he lives, it's, it's better than a, than a sharp stick in the eye. You know, you got, you, you still have your, your printing cost and, yeah. and your shipping and that kind of stuff. But, um, but, you know, he'd live yeah, like a I, king in Pennsylvania. He'd be king of the damn trailer park. Uh, <laughs> 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 you, you would be supplanted on Foursquare. Uh, yeah. Nice. He'd be the mayor of, uh, that's, of the that's bay. three times as much as I make. <laughs> <laughs> Nice. Uh, here, I'll tell you. Yeah, he exactly, married Rich, Exactly. But he what, was uh, tied to Dark Horse for a number of years. He was doing, that's what I'm wondering if that yeah. PDF you got was, uh, stuff from, I think it was Cheval Noir. He did, uh, little strips for that. Um, and I'm wondering if he just didn't scoop them all up and, and do the PDF, which was a great idea because I, I don't think Cheval Noir has been reprinted yeah, wi- widely anyway. Mm. Oh, it doesn't have the, uh, the, the stretch goals on the page I'm looking at. But, um, yeah, like, uh, Elwell Enigma, it's like the pledge goal was 4,000 and it did just shy of 12,000. So, mm-hmm. you know, not, not a ton. I mean, no, that's it, not... Rick Geary is a very niche appeal, but, uh, but hopefully people out Criminal. there, uh, We'll, uh, we'll check out A is for Antichrist. I think it'll be, uh, I, I, whatever, whatever political, um, side you lean to or artistic side, I think that there will be some, uh, some value there and, uh, and a, a, a good chuckle or two. There you go. And so. He's worth multiples of that. I think he's a great artist. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Get it. So. Yeah. All right. I'm going to bed. See ya. All right, dude. All right. Have a great week, well, guys. Thanks. All right. Have a good Love run, you. player.
right. Bye-bye. Peace. All right. What else you all got? Well, well, we got lots of stuff. Should we do the um, DCBS or are we going to roll with it? No, let's keep on rolling, All right. I'm good. I'm good. Let me just check the time. I just like to know where I am in in the grant. No, I mean, so we're 222. All right. Two hours and 22 minutes. I don't Did like you to... all read uh, Mighty Avengers number one? Yeah. David? Uh, I, I didn't finish it. I didn't have, uh, <laughs> I didn't have, I didn't have an urge to finish it, basically. I, I, wow. I ha- I've had it for a week. I, I didn't, I, I flipped through it to How the end. But that, get? that's truth, though. I like that. Yes. That's the truth. Mm-hmm. Um, what I mean, like, did you get like, did you read like three pages of out or did you read like half? No, I read, um, yeah, about half. It, it was after, um, it was after Spidey came in and 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 uh, uh, the White Tiger said, "I'm out." So we should set it up. I mean, it's it's yes. uh, yet another Avengers book, Marvel. Uh, it's taking place uh, concurrent with with the goings on of Infinity. Um, such that, uh, it was basically the heroes who were left behind. Yeah, exactly. Like the, the left behind. Um, it's, uh, it, it's written by Mr. Al Ewing, um, with, uh, I guess the lion's share of the, our, our illustrative duties by, uh, <clears throat> Greg Gregland. Yeah. Uh, wasn't Greg bad Greg Land though. Mm. Uh, I didn't that, think so. That's mm. Spectrum or. Well, and, and, and when when this book was solicited, it was a lot of jokes went around about it being the minority Avengers um, because the, most of the characters that were featured are are, uh, are minority character, you know, minorities. But but um, and I was really skeptical of the book because of that. I, I was even though some of the characters in the book are some of my favorite characters, um, I, I just you know I, I didn't like the idea of sort of force feeding a bunch of. Of, of minority characters into a book for the sake of it. To be fair to Al Ewing, I didn't get that sense reading the book. I, it, no. it, it, it didn't come across as like, oh, you know, we're the, so, so, so I give him kudos for that. Um, no agenda is crammed down your throat. Um, yeah, it, when you read the, the, the back matter at the end, he actually goes on to explain that, uh, this really was born out of his interest in, in having a, a Luke Cage and Monica Rambeau book. Uh, and so I, I guess going forward, at least as, as long as he's, writing the book, we really should look at this book, absent of whoever else is in it, is, is the, 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 the main focal points will be Luke Cage and, uh, and, and Monica Rambeau. The thing I had the biggest problem with, frankly, with Lance artist is, is the way he drew Monica Rambeau. Yes. Um, he drew her like she was a, a short-haired, blonde supermodel that they had the anchor, you know, makes extra tan. I mean, she didn't look... Like I've ever seen Monica Rambeau look in any book ever. <laughs> David's laughing because I sent him a a, a direct message on uh, Twitter and I said, "Damn, Monica's looking fine." And David's like, "What?" No, no bro. <laughs> I mean, I just especially like- there's there's that one page where she's visiting the the the. the do with the costumes and i don't know what the hell's up with that pose but it just it it makes my insides hurt well maybe i'm yeah. getting a lot lot lenient in my my old age because i i didn't and think he can't draw spider-man for shit well, it's, just, that it's just the 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 page you're talking about, David. Her shoulder, her left shoulder, is eight thousand times larger than the rest of her body. <laughs> but look at her pelvis. That's yeah. a yeah. huge shoulder. Look at those legs. Look, and again, I love Monica Rambeau, aka yeah. Photon, aka Captain Marvel. Um, I'm glad to see her back. You know, she hasn't been in much in a long time. She was a long time Avenger. Certainly, that's where I came to love her. Um, What's I it now? Her- Spectrum. 
What's, what's, what's her name now? Spectrum? Uh, yes, Spectrum. Now. Spectrum. Um, she's got light powers, basically. Um, she, she was most, re- well, no, she's been in things more recently than this, than, than, but, but I think the thing where she was most recently featured was Next Wave, which I think was great. Yeah. Uh, but, but, but she's, she's, you know, she's a, a, a fairly dark skinned black woman with, with, with a fro. I mean, she's always been drawn that way or, or with, cur- or, like, or, with, or like the with curls. Yeah. Yeah. So in this book, I mean, admittedly, again, I mean, she's drawn like a white woman. I mean, she's just drawn like she's a Caucasian woman with, 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 with brown skin. And it, it's, and again, I mean, I, I don't so much have a problem with the way land, land chooses to draw people, but I mean, there are model sheets. Like she doesn't look anything like Monica Rambo's ever looked. And it just doesn't make sense to me. I don't, I don't, I don't get like, what's the point of drawing her that way? Um, it, 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 he's so known for taking screen caps of models and porn stars and using them that it's just frustrating to me that, I mean, there are black models, there are black porn stars. Like, if that's your only ball. I, I, I said to Vince, I said, why couldn't he get Heather Hunter? Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Exactly. Like, like, if your whole bag of tricks is photorealism and you need a screen cap, there are plenty of beautiful, uh, you know, black women that you could use a screen cap of, right? Like, I mean, damn, I, I don't, I don't know. Like they, that was hard for me to stomach, to be honest with you. But, but, but that said, um, I, I did generally like Al Ewing's um, characterizations. I, I actually liked his the choice of some of the quirkier char- villains to have. I mean, they had the uh, the Blue Racer in this, which I don't remember the last time we saw him, but but it was it was fun to see him in his roller skates, um, you know, in his like gas mask and stuff. Like that was cool. And, uh, so, so I, I think the premise, you know, I, I think the premise could be cool, but, uh, the sooner we get land off the book, the better. And, and the, the, the problem with that is that for all of, of the, the derision I sent his way, he's a very, um, reliable yes. and fast artist. And so he's quite likely to be the every month penciler on this book for a, a long time to come. So... If that's a deal breaker for you, then just know up front, you know, because I, I don't think he's probably going anywhere. I just, I just turned to a page and Luke Cage looks like Jamie Foxx. Yes, he's definitely using Jamie Foxx as a, uh, as a, as a model sheet for Luke. Absolutely. You're on the page with the, um, with the three heroes at the top. Yep, I knew it. Yeah. Yes. It's not a bad Spidey. It's not a new image of Spidey, but I mean, that, that's, he, Early on the issue, he he showed the back of Spidey's head, and the webbing is all. It, it, it's like he sneezed when uh, license sneezed when he was inking it. And it was just ah, you guys are place. brutal! Holy we are, crap! Um, we know what we like, bro. It's just it's yes. I mean, I was I'm I'm giddy to see Luke and Monica, and and I'm happy to see Power Man again, and and I'm interested in the whole you know white tie. Gang. Gang getting together. I love White Tiger. I, I I I'm a big fan of Ron Ultimate Spider Man. I I think it's I I. It, Looks like it could be something neat. I don't. I guess Spidey needs to be in another book, okay? But it's it's. I want to like it, but every time it's 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 hard to like something where you know your eyes land on something and 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 it's not making you feel good. I love Proxima Midnight. Love yes. her. Yeah. Yeah, it's good looks. I have to say, a um, little bit of Hella going on. Yeah, some of these panels reminded me of Fear Itself. Is it the Ebony Call or the Black Call? What are they calling the... the, the, it's, the it's the Ebony the, Maw. The, right. No, the no, Ebony. what's the name of the group, though? It's the Black Order or the Obsidian Order? 
Right. The obsidian. No, it's Cull. Cull's in the name. It's it. The formal name is something Cull, C U L L. But but the the group of Thanos's top lieutenants is is actually very cool. Every one of them is very well done. Yeah, uh, I have to say, and I know it's sort of requisite of of any kind of event to have a, a group of villains. I mean, and uh, and they're all new. And, and well, but I'm saying in this, we we've seen a lot from Marvel of late. I mean, you had the uh, you had the um, the the this. We, we, we've, in each of the last few events, we've had kind of this, like a, a subgroup of, of, uh, of, of foes that were new, but, but I, I think this group is memorable. Uh, sure. Interesting and distinctive and, and memorable. Uh, so I, I have to give, I do believe Chung designed them. There you go. It's, 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 it's the Black Order. Uh, yeah, approximately. Yeah, they don't, they don't use the, the other name that, um, that 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 clave was running with in infinity number two but yeah um the what was the other page it was um yeah the cull obsidian yeah that's it that's the name the cull okay. obsidian yeah otherwise known as the black order right mm-hmm. um the where the hell was it that 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 panel <laughs> of of the panel of dr strange isn't Doing land any favors with me and <laughs> oh, dude, I'm so, so Vince, so you don't you don't mind land as much. So what did you think of the story then? Putting because you're not as bur- burdened by the art as we were. What did no, you think? I I I didn't even think it was a distraction. I because maybe the very fact of his presence kind of pushed me out of the um, let's study this art you know, realm. Mm-hmm. Like, I wasn't looking at the technique as much as I was the story. I just I just let the story take me. I thought it was fun. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, I enjoyed it a lot. And um, I made a huge faux pas to David. I said, dude, come on. Is it so obvious? <laughs> is, isn't it so obvious who the, the, the Spidey hero is? And he's like, who do you think it is? I said, dude, the Chucks. It's got to be Shang-Chi. He's like... Well, wait a minute, Shang Chi's in space, and I said, "Oh shit!" Like I forgot that Shang Chi was because you know, uh, Shang Chi's not someone you would expect to be fighting in space, but he is in Infinity, is. And, and I forgot about that. So now I have no idea who it is. It could be, Ronan. it could be Danny Rand, maybe I don't know. It's got to be somebody nah. that. Well, I'm just saying, it's gotta be somebody Monica knows, number one, which could be a, it's a huge amount of people right there. Um, he's skilled in the martial arts, right? Yeah. I, I, yes. I just don't know who it is. Uh, who yeah, do you I think it either. is? I, I, it's a good, I don't know. Uh, I don't know. Um, and I know that Blue Marvel is going to be in this book as well. Yes. But it was are, not in the first issues. So. Are all of these Sons of the Tiger dead? No idea. Hmm. I'm sure we'll find out, right? That's part of the. I do wish, though, that the White Tiger was was battering people with gigantic faux testicles, though, like in that that one mini, mini series that where she had the garbage bags, the two garbage bags. And she's like bat, battering the guys with huge, huge symbolic yeah. testicles. How, That's funny. How dare you? Look at that you bringing it back. Not letting shit go. Oh yeah. yeah. But I gotta say, as far as the the in the the subgroup of Infinity characters, the names are not indicative of the characters, which I love. Like um, Black Dwarf, not a dwarf, right? Nor is he black. But right. so it it must be the name must be tagged to some kind of power he has, or you know that that's cool that they didn't call him you know Giganto or you know like let, let's mix it up a little bit. It's just I think. 
like I said before, I just think this infinity is just one of those every 10 years or so you get a real special event and I think this is Marvel's right here. I can't think of an event that um at least at this point that I've enjoyed more. I I like this better than Civil War. I like it far better than Secret Invasion. Um it's just that it, there's 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 something about this this storyline that's just really compelling. I was listening to I think it was No Apologies uh and was stunned that uh, a lot of the guys aren't feeling uh, Hickman's Avengers. Wow. The- yeah, and I was right. really surprised because generally I, I find that their their uh, their their views are largely aligned with with ours. Like they're they're not you know they're not like uh, Bendis haters or you know Mar- they generally big Marvel fans. I yeah. was really surprised, but uh, you know Hickman's funny because because you know that being said, you you guys it, I, it you know you weren't feeling this his Fantastic Four run so. Um, well, it was more you know, more the the. Uh, the uh merchandising ploy the of Johnny's death just to get everybody talking that kind of soured me on that series. I, I don't know if that was Hickman's decision or or whether it was a Marvel thing, but that it was his idea. He would have told that kind of pushed me away. But yeah. um, my bad because I heard it got even better after that. Yeah, and, and you know we again this, this is like the 18th event in a row that we've you know praised. At, at some point, and then at the end, you know, many of them let us down. So we have they, the, the key will be for me. I will I won't be able to say I've enjoyed, this is the best event I've read in, until they deliver the end. You know, it needs to it needs to to deliver at the end. You know, and uh, but and, you have to admit the richness of story, just the the amount of legwork that Hickman has done on this build up just from his Avengers books leading into this story. I, I think. Th- th- the word I would use is there's a richness to it that the other stories for me didn't have. Oh, definitely. But on the other hand, and you know, there's very there's few bigger Hickman fans than me. Um, if there is a fair criticism of Hickman, is that he often um, fumbles at the end mm. in terms of having an emotional, you know, climax at the, that in resonance at the end of his of his stories. No. So now I think in Fantastic Four he ended up pulling it off at the end, which is why I think it's it's worth revisiting for those that gave up on it. But but uh, he needs to. My, my point is, he needs all events. I think can't be judged until they've stuck or failed at the ending, because yeah. plenty have had an interesting journey and then just flopped at the end. So and he he's not. Uh, I mean, he's he's setting his own course, but he's also playing by the rules uh, as far as Marvel goes. Um, he's setting up things for the next event within Infinity, as issue number three proved, and. Um, I called it, but there there are things that happen in issue three that will have drastic ramifications in the Marvel universe, and that's going to be borne out in the next thing that down the road. But so he 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 is a, a he's a team player. He's he's definitely um, adding to the current Marvel mythology, which translates into new series, new sales, you know, new characters, which is great. And but. The, the complexity of, of of infinity is i think it's awesome you have this the the canvas is space so you think and i, and I i've i've read this uh, commentary from a number of people where uh it, it seems kind of detached where you know it's all in space and you don't really get the human element i, I disagree i think that the entire story is the human element you you have thing you have planets blowing up but the focus is not the the wide 
spread destruction. That's part of the focus, but it's it's characters like Captain America, a dude in space who's who's just fighting for what he thinks is right, and that's the pull for me. Like, yeah, you have Gladiator, who is this super powerful being, but you have Captain America in space. It's true. Yeah, it's the, that. That's the 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 trigger that's really getting me into this. That's like Luke, yeah, Luke uh, Skywalker well, I, was just a kid. Yeah, yeah. I, I think. Yeah, to your point, it's been awesome so far. They just need to, you know, finish it up that and, way. And Shang Chi. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think. I think the problem again, and I think if you were to dissect it a little further as to why a lot of events flop at the end, it's because they need to put all the pieces back on the playing board, right? That's usually what happens. They have this right. big thing that they're trying to convince you is. So major and it's going to change things forever, but then at the end of the day, they are mandated sort of to make sure everything is reset uh, and not changed all that much. So right. I think the events that have resonance are those where you're actually left surprised because they did change a lot or something yeah. happened that you didn't expect. And so hopefully that's what happens here. Um, yeah, like uh, I think Secret Invasion went on way too long. And the the mechanics of Secret Invasion, like who can you trust, uh, your best friend may be a Skrull, that's draining after a while. Just, just where is he? Isn't he? You know, book after book after book. Just, just this. Um, our friends could be our enemies. That's to me that initially it's fun, but after like the sixtieth or seventieth issue featuring that theme, it's like, ugh, get it over with. I, I don't care. You know. Well, there. You no, know, I think again the the thing for me that, that with, with like that event was that they they did set it up, and that was. Much like you're saying with Hickman, I mean, Bendis was sowing seeds of that for years. Sure. And, and I think it had a lot of promise, but they didn't follow through. I mean, at the end of the day, they just thwarted the invasion and then it was over. Um, you but know, they would have been, I think, a much more interesting thing to have the scrolls win. So yeah. Yeah. We, you know, we, we have a, a world where, where the humans are trying to, you know, the, the heroes are trying to fight against the scroll invasion. And, yeah. Um, it, it's just, they don't, they, either because of, of an inability to or an unwillingness to, it's not taking it to that, that, that next level. Um, and, but it's uh, still, it's still the evil twin plot mechanic. And that, I mean, that's why a lot of people poo poo on, on the soap operas, right? Because that's been used to death. You know the evil twin thing, and it's just. Well, I have to. I I can't front the 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 one fly in the ointment so far for me in uh, in in the atom, has been the appearance of Mystique, and I love me some Mystique. Don't get me wrong, mm-hmm. but I don't feel like we needed to see Mystique. To your point, you know, having that whole oh Mystique's a doppelganger in the midst of this all, and then she's going to unveil her. Like I, we didn't need that that quickly. I, I don't think. I, I don't think we needed. Now, of course, we'll see what her role is, but. It just felt very familiar. It's a very familiar refrain to have Mystique yeah, you're right. serve herself into one of these plots and then to, for her own volition, you know. Yeah. But see, that's balanced out by the future X-Men. That's just cool, you know. So I, I can... That Zorn is, is, you know, spoilers is Gene. I mean, how, how nuts is that? Yeah. It's fitting, though, right? And And what do you think happened to Bobby? Like, why is he all vegged out? He's so funny, though. That's the comedy relief for me. Yeah, yeah. This, and and uh, in uh, Bacello's issue, the one panel I forget where it is in the book where he's just kind of like tipped in at an angle. Yeah, in the background, it's just like <laughs> it's great stuff, man. And I'm I th- I think I'm whole hog back into Marvel now because of Infinity and 
uh, Superior Spider-Man. They're just, they, that, those are the two books that, or two things that pulled me in. Mm-hmm. And the, uh, X-Men too. Yeah, I'm, it's hopeless it's now. Yeah, it's hopeless. It's, yeah, it really. They're, <laughs> they're just doing great work. Yeah, they're, yeah. Ha- they're having fun. And you know where you can get these books? Where? I don't. Discount Comic Book Service, our sponsor, DCBService.com. Now we still got a lot of time. DCBService.com, where you, Mr. and Mrs. Funny Book uh, Aficionado, can get your favorite things in life at a fraction of their retail cost. 35 to 75% <coughs> off. They wrap them up all nice and secure and ship them right to your door. Uh, they don't mind late orders or late order additions and get your previews cheap. Use the code and get an extra 8% off, David. What it is? It is EOC8. That is the code. We'll get you an extra 8% off. Go there. DCBService.com. Um, I don't want to short shrift this book, so I'm going to tease it. And maybe we'll talk about, well, we'll definitely talk about it next week. I want to talk about it next the, week, yes. The artist in question um, thankfully introduced our episode. It is the amazingly talented Mark Laming. Um, and this disproves the rule that good things can come out of dynamite. <laughs> uh, written by the great Jeff Parker, color art by Jordan Boyd. It's King's Watch number one, and it was fantastic. And we'll yeah, I, this is another one where I can't, I, I couldn't read this one during, um, during the day either, where when I was pressed for time because I, Mark packs a lot into uh, into each page, and and I I used to come home after school, watch Defenders of the Earth, watch it in the morning, and when when they replayed it, and and I I thought it was a great setup with these characters, and I'm I'm dying to see what uh, what Parker does with them. Yep. High watermark for for dynamite so far. Yeah, I'd agree with that. Yep. Yep. Uh so is that is is that your in your travels? That, that's my in your travels. Oh, I'm going to uh my in your travels is something that I hope to talk about next week because I can't wait to uh read these issues. Uh is uh Bravest Warriors. Yes. Oh, look at I you. will join you in that talk. Okay. Good. I'll, I'll do that as well because I I've, I've read um Everyone but the last two. Sunk is sunken now. Yep. Nice, nice. It's a great book. Nice. Are, are you, you finished, David? Are you going to? Yes. No, go for okay. it. Uh, in your travels, um, we, we touched a little bit on, on a book that was loosely about the idea of faith, but in a very, um, over the top, sophomoric R rated way. Um, and the polar end of the other spectrum, I read a book by uh, Top Shelf this week um, by Mr. Jeffrey Brown. Uh, his latest, it's called A Matter of Life. For those of you who don't know Jeffrey's work, uh, he is, other than a, a few more recent works, he's generally autobiographical, uh, slice of life comics, if you will. This is subtitled an autobiographical Meditation on fatherhood and faith. Um, it's uh, it's 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 just fascinating stuff. You know, I um, you know, again, I, I'm someone that uh, is married to a Catholic, practicing Catholic. Um, uh, my kids go to to Sunday school and and take communion and all that good stuff. And uh, you know, I was raised Catholic, but but have for a good 
you know, 25 plus years been identified as an atheist. So I have had many a, a, a journey with faith and the meaning of it and reconciling, uh, having so many people close to me that are of, 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 you know, devout and, and, and it just not making any sense to me and, and just trying to figure that out. Um, and, and Jeffrey is also an atheist, but he, even more than me, um, is, is, is from a faith background. His father, uh, is, or was a minister. And this is a journey, um, through Jeffrey's life, uh, where he's taking specific look at, at his views on faith and grow, what it was like to grow up in, in it. And when he started questioning it and when he decided he didn't believe in God and what that meant in terms of his relationships with his parents and his friends and, how it affected his love life and his childhood and his, and then, and then it takes you to the modern time where Jeffrey is married with a, a son named Oscar, um, who he really is, he really is married and he really does have a son named Oscar. Um, and, and, and juxtaposing the relationship he had with his dad, um, against the relationship he has with Oscar and w- how faith plays into that, if in fact it does. Uh, and, and, you know, just, just, it's it's a it's a weird thing because I find a lot of autobiographical comics to be off-putting, um, in that I I I don't find the people's lives all that interesting, um, and you know on the surface Jeffrey's a very normal guy. I mean, and what I mean by normal is there isn't a lot of excitement in his life, and he doesn't share with you a lot of excitement. I mean, it's it's relatively mundane moments in his life that he tends to put a spotlight on, but for some reason, and I can't really quantify it. At least not at this point. He he fascinates me. He, yeah. he has a fascinating way of of making the mundane components of his life interesting. Like and that Pichalka. is a talent. Yeah, it's yeah. it's a real talent. Um, and uh, I just I I just you know I read this book in one sitting. It's not a large book. It's it's digest sized. It's hardcover, and I think it's less than a hundred pages. So it's a really quick read. Um, but it's just exceptionally well done. And, and again, I don't think you need to. You know, I, I don't. I don't think the book is inf- informed only because I share sort of the same kind of journey that he did in faith. I, I think it, it would read well regardless of your perspective on that. Yeah. Um, and I think one of the reasons for that is, and again, not to get too much into you know personal views, but I've said on the show before that that I think I'm, I'm much different than a lot of, of people that identify as atheists, and that I feel like a lot of other people that call themselves atheists almost view it as a faith. And they feel compelled to convince people that have different views that they're wrong. And I've just never identified with that. Like that's, I, I, you know, maybe because I'm married to a Catholic. I, I, I don't, your views are your views and I have them. And by all means, I'm, I'm open to them all. I just ask that people respect my view and, and I'll respect yours and agree that, you know, we have different ways to view the world. And I, I, that's his perspective. You know, he, 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 uh, he clearly doesn't believe in God anymore and he's living a life with his wife who doesn't as well and they don't go to church and he's very much at peace with that and even, you know, and he's, he's dealing with how to, how to react to his son's desire to pray or his son asking about God in the afterlife. And these are challenges and these are challenges that I'm faced with. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm faced with that now as my kids have gotten older. Dad, why don't you come to church? You know, dad, do you not believe in God? You know, and, and these are not easy things. You know, it's it's one thing to have a view of of faith or lack of faith on my own, like my personal view. It's another thing entirely to impart that view right. um, on your children. You know, in terms of and as a parent, you're you are actively trying to impart things on your children, and you're also actively trying to not impart things that you can't help but impart on them that they get from you because 
they just see how you react to things or they uh, feed off of your emotional state. And and some of those things, Vince, you can speak to this. You know, just some of the worst moments of my life as, as a parent have been when I've seen like my kids have a phobia or a, 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 a character flaw that, that I know they're getting from me. Mm-hmm. Not because I've told them this is how you should act, but because this is just how I act and then they mimic it. Um, and, and he's, he's wrestling with that because, you know, he, he doesn't want to make his kid, he, you know, it's not, I don't think, a, it's not his place to make his, you know, six year old son an atheist, right? And, right. and, 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 and I've dealt with that. So, like, I just felt this book was really, 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 um, uh, really powerful in that regard. But again, it's not, I don't want to overstate, like, the, uh, gravitas of this book. Like, it's really very lighthearted. And the thing that comes across in this book is that Jeffrey and his wife are just so freaking laid back. Like, I don't know. I know Chris. I wish Chris was still on the call because, you know, Chris knows Jeff pretty well, uh, both Chicago back. And, you know, Jeff was a frequent guest on uh, on Around Comics when they used to do it. Um, I don't know Jeff well personally, but if he's at all in real life like he is in this in, in his in his autobiographical books, the dude is just very zen. I mean, he's he's so relaxed about like life, and he's such like an observer of his own life that uh, that uh, that's a hard thing to do. Like you know, to sort of be very introspective about oneself in that way, and then to 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 be so lighthearted about it and be able to laugh at yourself. And he does all that. So uh, I highly recommend this book. Again, if you if you've if you've read Jeffrey Bound books before, this is a home run. If if you haven't read his stuff before, but you generally like um, slice of life books. I, I, I definitely give this, you know, very high recommendation. It's, uh, 1495 cover price. So probably what about 10 bucks on Amazon, probably nine, 10 bucks on in stock trades, mm-hmm. but, uh, very, very good. It's, it's, it's just a really, really enjoyable work. Well done. I struggle with things like that every week. Right. Um, yeah. Like clockwork every Sunday, my boy gets a tongue lashing from the boss because, I don't want to go to church because daddy doesn't go to church. I right. don't want to, like daddy says CCD is stupid. Why do I have to go? And it's mm-hmm. just like, what do you do? Yeah. I, you know? And that's the trick because I, you know, I'm a big believer in not wanting a lot of my kids. Right. So like, I'm not going to pretend that I'm devout because, you know, that's be, that'd be the easiest thing, right? Like yeah. just to, but it's a lie. Oh, daddy can't go because I watch football on Sundays, but I pray. You know, like I'm not going to lie to them about my views, but at the same point in time, I also don't think they have the, maturity at this point in their lives to understand the nuances of my views or or any you know so i don't it's a tricky thing because you know again i in in all of the things when it comes to being a parent i'm very honest with them about what i think is right what i think is wrong and so this really isn't about right or wrong and so that's a tricky thing you know the fallback doesn't work anymore you can't just say because i said so yeah because if you don't if you don't inform them then because i said so is not really a reason it's a it's an excuse Exactly. And, and yeah. again, you know, and, and I'm not, I really am not trying to put down organized religion here because I would say the vast majority of people that are, I'm close to in my life are, are a member of some type of organized faith, whether it be, you know, Judaism or, or, or some measure of Christianity or even, you know, uh, some Hindu friends. But you, you know, my point is, is that, so everyone has to sort of take their own path. But one of the things I always struggled with, to your point, Vince, about religion is for me, and again, this is as much the way I grew up with, with faith. It was it was kind of what you were saying. We were we were Catholic because we were because that was how you had to be because God that's what God wanted and that's you know, what your family is and there's no choice. And then it always struck me as very strange because in all other things we're taught to have choice and to make your own decisions and to be analytical and to look at things and challenge assertions and you know you really weren't supposed to do that with faith. And so I want my kids to like I want I look forward to the day when they're old enough 
and they've had enough life experience that we can have an honest, mature conversation about these things. But I feel like in order to do that, they need to be exposed enough to the faith that they're being brought up in. They need to understand what it is to be a Catholic before we can have conversations as to why maybe I don't think it's the right path for me. You know what I mean? Like, and, and why it may or may not be right for them. So it's tricky though. It's really tricky because, you know, kids today grow up faster than they ever did. And, and, you know, my 10 year old and even my eight year old ask me questions all the time about things that, uh, just floor me, you know, with the way that they think about the world. And so, you know, kids are, are, are very observant and, uh, and Jeffrey really just gets at that, but he gets into it in like a very, you know, peaceful and uplifting way. Like he doesn't, he just, there's no judgment. Like he's not judging it. You know, you don't come across as saying, you don't read this book and come across saying like, it's bad to be religious. Like that's not his perspective at all. Right. His perspective is that he's not religious. His father is, his mother is, his son may be, and that's fine. And this is just his world. And I think that's really, really interesting and, and hard to, to do, to not put your own personal agenda in a book that's ultimately about you, you know? Yeah. So yeah, really well done. Awesome. Uh, I will say one thing. The, uh, the bank that Jeffrey Brown is making on those Dark Wars books is not mundane at all. Oh my gosh, I know. <laughs> I know Vader and you and then what? Now the, the Jedi, uh, Academy thing that he's got now? Yeah. Ugh, good for him. No yeah. doubt, dude. It's, yeah. uh, v- Jedi Academy, Vader's little princess and Darth Vader and son, yeah. Yep. Yeah, ridiculous. And they're perfect too. I, I bought the Jedi Academy one. Not because of a love of Star Wars, but just because the book is so pretty. It, the, the, the cartooning is great. I just, I mean, I own the Vader and Son one because it's, 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 um, it's fantastic. Yeah. Um, I didn't buy the Princess one because that's sort of a, a, a father-daughter book first, you know, and I don't have daughters, but, but, uh, but yeah, I, I gotta get that Jedi Academy. I still don't have that one. Dude, they're giving it away at Walmart. Oh yeah? It's so cheap. Yeah. yeah I, nice. I, I couldn't say no. I, I'm not sure about setting foot in Walmart, but maybe I'm oh. for that. <laughs> we do all have our beliefs, huh? I'm more of a Target guy myself. Oh, I love Target. Man. Yeah, Target's great. Yeah, Target's the shit. You know it. <laughs> hey, everybody! Thank you for being here with us on these three plus hours. Is it? Let's see. I'm pretty sure we. Yep, we broke the bank. There we go. Three nice. hours strong. Yeah. So uh, we'll we'll talk about uh, King's Watch next week. Yes. Uh, Bravest Warriors. Bravest Warriors. Parker immediately won me over, and this ties into Jason's religious uh, commentary. Um, Long story short, it's a time of planetary upheaval, and all the religious groups are using it as an excuse to push their agenda. So Dale Arden's in it, and uh, as she's walking to work, the outside of the the, the news... uh, the Daily Planet. It's the equivalent of the Daily Planet. She's she's a reporter. Uh, there are religious people pushing their agenda. Repent for the end is near. This is the coming mm. of the. It's the it, it's the apocalypse. And she looks at the one guy. and She says, "Oh, grow up." This <laughs> is perfect. This is like oh, I like this woman. She's my kind That's of gal, awesome. and she's hot. She is. She's uh, very hot. Jason. Uh, David. Two things. Uh, tonight. The third season premiere of Key and Peele started. Yes. And Symbiotic Titan. Yes! There you go. Symbiotic Titan. Yeah. That's what we're talking about. Okay. Yes. Never saw it. 
Oh, what's the matter with you? Uh, I, I saw maybe a little bit <laughs> of one. We gushed ep- about it every episode. Uh, yeah, well, uh, I, maybe the first one. Haterade. No, not Haterade. Not enough time in the day raid. Oh, please. Come on. You got time in a, dude, you, you, you got time me. to read like eight goddamn comics. And, and the day they come out. I'm, dude, I'm, and Z, you're, you're, you were talking to me today about a freaking Italian Scrooge McDuck yes, comic. Yes. Well, I, 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 okay, what's, how many B movie, C movies do you watch or reviews of C movies? Uh, or cart- you got plenty of time, son. <laughs> I never want to hear you say you don't have time to read a comic. I got time to draw, which I did today, bitches. You should be drawing every day, son. I'm I not going to. You want to pat on the back for drawing? Very happy with this current thing. But anyway. Good. Get on uh, it. Yeah. I expect that Kickstarter to happen soon. Why are you trying to scratch me, cat? God damn it. Ow. <laughs> hey, everybody. Thank you for being here with us. We will be back, like it or not, next week. Same time, same channel. We hope you join us because why? Because we do this. Because we love you so Just much. That's how we do. Good night, Chris. Pussy loves you. Good night, Irene. <laughs> Good night, Grace. Peace. Nice. And, and as usual, call David. Call him. Yep. Yes. Yes. Send uh, JPEG and uh, GIF samples of Greg Land's art to David at yeah. I'm, I'm way too tough. Uh, hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Isn't that good? Oh, David. That's not nice. Well, Come on. There's acceptable. That is just not acceptable. I know. It's unbelievable. Biggie Smalls is the illest. <laughs> <laughs>